Hey, everybody. We're back again. Now we're live. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, for joining us. Wait, I'm with my my other co-host, Moody's Mind, and our special guest, Dustin McNeil, author of Taking Shade, Taking Shape 2, the, the Jaws book, Phantasm, the Slasher book. If you guys have not seen these books, then why are you watching this podcast? It's a pleasure to have you, my friend. A pleasure Super. and an honor. Super stoked to have you here. And, um, those that don't know of his books, go check them out. I'm going to, I'll probably drop some links in. Now, I personally have considered them like the definitive books. If, like, if you're a Halloween fan, you need to read Taking Shape One and Two because one was great. Of course, admittedly, there was a lot of things in there, and there was a lot of things in there that most people probably did not know. But Taking Shape Two is amazing when you actually research all the different treatments of the movies that were not made, which blew me away because some of the ones I was just like, there's no way in hell they could have made this. Well, thank you. First off, thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, it's a delight to be here. Love, love what you guys do here. Um, and yeah, taking shape, taking shape one, uh, the pictures right there up, uh, up, it's, it's the making of the movies that you saw. It's, it's uh, we tried really hard to dig up new stuff on the making of the first 11 movies, I think, which is a challenge because Halloween fans, they know everything, you know, they've already dug deep, but we were able to pack some new stuff in there. The more impressive book I think is Taking Shape 2, which yes. is about the movies you didn't see. It's all about the lost sequels and it is a 600 page beast. Uh, it wow. is the is the unmaking of 24 Halloween sequels that were officially in development, but for whatever reason, didn't get made. And so we not only tell the behind the scenes story, but we interview a lot of the screenwriters and studio execs and would-be directors. And so the, while the first book has some things you might not have known, the second book is just jam-packed with things no one has ever talked about. So we're really proud of the second book. And I say we, because I'm only half the writing team. I'm uh, I'm a co-author with my friend Travis Mullins, who co-wrote Taking Shape One, Taking Shape Two, and our newest book, which is Reign of Chucky. Which right. Yeah. October. So yeah. Travis, admittedly, I've seen Travis in a few things, but he seems to be a little bit more. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Like. You seem to be more out there and more accessible, and it's not. And I'm not trying to mean this in, in a derogatory way, but I don't see him out there as much. Is, is that something? Because this is not his total forte. Or is it, does he does do like different things outside of this genre? I that is like Penn and Teller. I'm the blabbermouth, and he's the guy that kind of stands <laughs> not... back and is more reserved. He is a fantastic and knowledgeable co-writer, but when mm -hmm. it comes to uh, having to come out and you know. I guess I'd say run your mouth and right. promote. Mm -hmm. He he would just assume leave that to me, which I'm hoping one day I'll be able to drag him out into the light. But until then, he'll remain a mysterious figure. Because I thought about that, but, and because uh, I you you followed my collection, I followed you, and we've chatted back and forth over the years, and I know. I I, I when I researched trying to get you on because I originally remember. Um, Probably it was full of last year. We were doing a different podcast, which we 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 transferred to this one. And I remember you were going to come on. I think I'd gotten sick at the time. It was right before the holidays. Yeah. And um, I thought I'm like, wow, it'd be great to have both of you on. 
And then I did a little research and looked around and I'm like, it doesn't seem like he really gets out there. And maybe that's just some people don't like to be out there, so to speak. Some people don't like to be, you know, don't like to talk or maybe be out. They like to be staying quietly, like the silent, silent partner, silent writer type right. of person. You know, what's so strange is Travis and I have only talked on the phone, I think, twice in four years. And we've only met in person once. Back really? In no, back in November of last year, we finally met. We've written three books together, half a million <laughs> words we've co-written and published. Uh, and we we finally, I went down to Orlando where he's from and we got to uh, rendezvous and finally meet. It was really cool. So you can do a lot online through messaging and emails and stuff. Yeah, that, that reminds me a lot of uh, like Craig awesome. Jones, like Craig Jones from Slipknot. You know, he's uh, he's silent. He doesn't speak, but he's an integral part of the band. So y'all are mm -hmm. like a great duo, man. That's great. I love that. Yeah, so that's the way. We, yeah, yeah. The, the, our podcast is built on that because Joe, which is I'll never get this right. OK, right here. I've known Joe probably for about two years now. We've never met in person. And our, our other uh, person, the three-headed monster, well, she'll be here shortly. Brett, we've only met once. We were at a Monster Mania. We were at a horror convention in New Jersey, and we met in person. Other than that, like we're, we, we chat during the week. We plan stuff, and we do the podcast, and we do other things. So I get it. Totally get but there's, it. But there's still a big part of your life. It's the power of sure. the internet. It really is yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 amazing what you can accomplish. Like I remember being in the military, and you know, you still were kind of connected with people from back home via Skype and you know, video chat. And you can, you know, it still makes you feel like I we haven't met, but I feel like I know Pat. He's like a brother. You know, Pat's like a brother to me. So it's very, you know, it is close knit, video wise, video wise. So yeah. here's the question. So of course we'll go to the basic questions because you, it's the first time you're on the podcast. So. What drew you to Halloween? When was the first time you saw Halloween? And when did you create this love of Halloween, much like we have? Uh, you know, as a, as a kid, I was raised on the Universal Monsters. You can see I've got Dracula and Frankenstein and the rest of the posters all along yes. the wall. That was my first foray into horror. And from there, I went to Hammer. I graduated onto the bloodier color. And mm -hmm. when you go after Hammer, you go to the 70s. And so I was... I want to say 11 or 12, and I started catching, you know, you'd get the news TV listings, and I started catching Halloween 1 and 2 on TV, and it scared the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely loved it. And then I saw this new movie, Halloween 6, was just coming on to video and, uh, video and Laserdisc, I guess it was back then. Ooh. And it really, my fandom really exploded in 98 when Halloween H2O came out, because that was a big, big deal. I mean, H2O was on mo uh, magazine covers and it had a TV special and they were on talk shows and it was this huge uh, online blitz of coverage. And so that's when I really cemented my fandom, uh, you know, in 98. And I've just been, uh, it's, it's probably my second favorite franchise behind Phantasm, which is very personal to me. Uh, Halloween wow. is just, it's top shelf. As far as I consider it, amazing. Oh, that's great, and that's I love that you love Phantasm. So, um, I've told my story before. So, my story in, in a nutshell is 1980 trick or treating. Me and my cousins come home from trick or treating, and we, we were coming home to watch the Warriors because it was on HBO. So we sat and watched the Warriors. Came out nine o'clock, ended at ten thirty. What comes on next on HBO? Babysitter stalked by a killer. So like, all right, let's watch this. It was Halloween night. So like, all right, let's watch this. 
same thing. Scared the shit out of me. I was eight Dude, years old. <laughs> loved every bit of it. I remember 81 when that movie, when Halloween 2 came out, it was the first movie I saw in the theater. I was nine years old. I went with my brother and my cousins, and I just, everybody's, I need to say more. <laughs> yeah. So you're vintage. You go way back. Yeah, I'm the old fart in the family. <laughs> I'm, the po- I'm the old guy in the fan in the podcast. <laughs> no, it's it's a it's a good amalgam of I guess you know age. We go up just by little increments, not by much. Pad, you're not that old. Yeah, we're all, we're <laughs> we're like perfectly uh, between Brett, who's not here. So we're like we're like all within certain decades. So it's it's nice because we all have different points of view, and it all yeah. blends together based on. Like when we first came into the franchise, what was our introduction to not just Halloween? Because we just talk all horror. So it's nice that it's not all old farts like myself. Well, we need young blood in horror, right? Yes. Well, that's it. You it's, need you need the younger guys. Yeah, it's I what mean, it's what progresses everything forward. Everything that's moving forward has been influenced from the past, and you know more of anything about the influences from the past because of all the research. You know how important that is. You know, all the new creators that are coming out nowadays, like Damien Leone, imagine what influenced him in making the Terrifier movies, for example. Like, it's just oh, getting, yeah. the ante is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger as the, as the years go on. So we need yeah, that young to think. It's, it's scary to think who is he influencing and what are they going to bring us? Exactly. I was excited about the Terrifier 3 news. I was, yeah. I was ecstatic, man. And uh, so I can't wait for that to come out. Can't wait. Absolutely. So a question for you is, um, so what inspired, well, actually, I wouldn't even say what's inspired you because you, you, you told your, your love of the Halloween franchise and horror in general. So out of the first book, what can you tell us certain things that you were surprised to find out about that you did, that was not well known? Because I know there's a lot of things in that book that were what not well known that, until the book came out. Was there anything that you were particularly surprised about that you were like, wow, I did not know about that? that you dug up when you were researching? You know, um, I'm flipping through it here because I, I forget. You know, we interviewed several people for Taking Shape that had never given interviews before on the franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, one mm-hmm. of those people was Richard Curtis, who wrote the original novelization of Halloween. That Sweet. Is, is kind of a collector's item. It's got a little bit of extra storyline that wasn't in the movie. And talking to him was really cool because... He, you know, he injected a lot of the Sam Hain or Sawan, Sawan, uh, yep, storyline into the novelization that John Carpenter later picked from when he was doing Halloween Two. And Richard Curtis never talked to John Carpenter, never met him, spoke with him, but it's it's clear from some of the dialogue that was lifted from his novelization into Halloween Two that John Carpenter very clearly read the book and was yeah. partly inspired by it. And you know, as well as anyone being diehard fans, that that little seed of, uh, of Sam Hain would come back and drive the franchise in the later years, especially around Halloween 5 and 6. So that was interesting right. to me. So wow. if you go, if you have the time after this, look on this channel. What we started doing, we, we do what we call that Halloween movie book club. Oh, no, I've seen it. It's fantastic. Yeah. So we did We did Halloween 1, which was great because I told everybody. I said, guys, I read this book years ago. So for me, and I don't claim to be like the authority. I hadn't read it in years. I said, let's do this. Let's read the book and do it on the podcast and just go by chapter and just compare because not everybody can own the book because let's face it, the books 
are ridiculously expensive. But there's a guy on YouTube that actually does audible versions. I said, because then we can compare all the stuff that's there. And especially the first novel, like you said, Curtis Richards or Richard Curtis. Um, really, I liked how he created that whole backstory of the curse on the family. Yeah. Yeah. And how Michael did speak in the very beginning of the book. Because remember, it, it's there's the whole narrative of him meeting, talking to his grandmother and the grandmother mm-hmm. concerned about maybe that's he's starting to get like his grandfather was. And he's starting to have that whole hearing voices, uh, all that hearing stuff. voices. Oh, yeah. The good stuff there. Man. And I, I love it shows a little bit of his time at Smith's Grove, like with where these accidents keep having that Loomis right. knows in his heart. Michael is responsible, but to his colleagues, he can't concretely prove it, which he can't prove it. Crazy. Yes. Yeah, he can't prove it. These are like all these things are happening, and he's trying to tell everybody, I told everybody that it's there, that I can't prove it. And it's, yeah, it's so those that are not that are just watching this go not 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 like a shameless promotion go watch the book club because it's basically cliff notes version or just go read the book because the first book is very yeah. very good and then we did then we just finished the second book we just started halloween three mm-hmm. and the one the big thing that i kind of missed from the first book was what what you can almost mirror to what rob zombie tried to do was get inside his head the first mm-hmm. book you heard him thinking his his impulses and things like that, which the other books don't have. Yeah, so and that, that guy on that guy on YouTube that's reading them out loud, like the audible versions, he's doing God's work. Okay. Amen. Doing, oh, Amen, brother. Man. Yes. We said we're, I'm gonna reach out to him. I mean, he's got a nice channel. He's actually got a pretty big channel. He's got a good following. But I'm gonna say, look, go look at my channel. This is what you helped us with. I'd love to have you on just to chat with you. And if we can help you in any way, promote your stuff. Because he's basically doing doing our job for us. He, I love his. I love the added sounds. I love the, the, the sounds. Yeah, that he puts on certain scenes. He he really makes you feel like you're in the story. And especially I just, Halloween three. We're in the middle of Halloween yes. three right now. Mm-hmm. He has visuals. He's got sound effects. It's it, and he tells you everybody. He's like, look, I'm not, I'm not getting paid for this because of the copyright infringement. But he's like, I'm just doing this same way we're doing this. But like, we're we're just doing this for fun. We all have lives. We have jobs. We have families. We just do this because we have fun. We get off on it. And that's what he's doing, which is great. And what's so crazy is it's not like he's really, you know, infringing because, uh, you know, they're not going to republish those novels probably ever. ever. Richard Curtis or Curtis Richards. That's the greatest pen name of all time. <laughs> that's the best like yeah. name. He, he's tried to get his original novelization to Halloween one republished. It's not going to happen. It can't happen. I mean, he, he mm-hmm. won't even make any money off of it because he's, you know, he, he was a, a writer for hire kind of deal. As just a measure of personal and professional pride, he would love to see it republished. He's tried; it's just not going to happen. Yeah, I remember Anytime reading that. Like. I remember reading your interview with him, and he said he's like, "I'd love to have it out there so more people could read it and, and hear about it." He's like, yeah. and more so just for the fact that just let it get out there, mm-hmm. not necessarily to build up my bank account, which I thought was fantastic. And then now we're doing Halloween too, which is Jack Mar, which is actually who. Dennis Hutchison, right? It's not Jack Martin, which most people don't understand. Like, so you're you're a writer, so I'm not a writer, and I've read books, and I love books. What is the theory behind creating a pen name? I'm just curious. I just never understood that because I would think you'd want somebody to know who you are. But what is the theory behind a pen name? I'm just asking because I honestly don't understand. Yeah, there's lots of reasons that you might create a pen name. Like, uh, let's say that you know I've written. 
I've written seven books on horror movies, right? But let's say mm -hmm. tomorrow I, run, I wanted to write an erotic thriller. Well, I'm, I might not want my regular author career affected by that. Eh, erotic thriller is not a good, not a good example. <laughs> let's say I wanted to write. You hired me an erotic. I'd watch that. <laughs> a Bible study. Uh, devotional guide. Oh, okay. It's probably not a good idea for the author of these uh, violent, horrible, abhorrent books to suddenly try and use his name as an author to sell a devotional study guide. And so uh, that would be a reason I could make a pen name. Absolutely. I was just curious. I didn't understand because um, so just going back to, because I know you interviewed uh, Richard Curtis, you interviewed Dennis Etchison. I know Dennis Etchison was more of a um, sci-fi writer am i am i correct in that because i don't know what else he did besides sci-fi from what i remember yeah. reading through your books yes, but what did, and what did curtis riches do outside of the halloween novelization because it's been a minute honestly since a red taking shape so i'm trying to remember like what did he do outside where he would want to flip the script so to speak um my god what was he an an editor or uh no he was i think he was an agent of some sort like he hmm. He helped right, I remember saying. Books. I remember that. Yes, he was a, yeah. a publisher. He did that not because it was, I think, professionally satisfying, but because you could make so much more money to pay the bills uh, doing that. And uh, yeah. so, there you go. But I could, I could think of a good reason. I was like, if you make something, and you know, it's not in your official name. If it sucks, hey, no big deal. But if it's great, <laughs> you know, you, it's a win-win, so to speak. You know, that's one reason yeah. I would do it. <laughs> I just figured, like, if you could write something and, and you gave it a pen name, so to speak, and you're like, wow, it could be like Gone with the Wind or something like that. And you're like, shit, why don't I use my real name? Because now it's forever going to be known as that name. Well, think so about the just, anonymity that that would give you. I mean, you don't have people yeah. like tracking you down, bugging you, trying to leech off what you did, trying to all these things. I mean, the anonymity of it really could be beneficial if it blows up like that. Yeah, that's another reason too. Yeah, so reason. I was just I was just curious because I was like, I see a lot of writers. I'm I, I'm a reader, I'm not a writer. So I'm a talker because I'm Italian. I talk with my hands. That's why I do this all the time. I'm just not a reader. So what are you talking just, about? What are you talking yeah. about? What are you, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> talking about. Never turn on the family. Never turn on the family. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So going back to taking shape. So. What I like about Taking Shape, I love how you start, you know, the beginning and um, and you, you highlight all different things that you did find out about each and every movie. And and I'm not trying to dismiss that in any way, shape, or form because I love Taking Shape. But as you mentioned, Taking Shape 2, when you came out with that, I was like, oh, man, what was, what was left to say? But when I saw that you were talking about the films that weren't made and why they weren't being made and who was behind, well, we kind of know a lot of the, well, if you read it, you know, the players behind it that or stonewalling the making of it that fascinated me so where did you where did you come up was it you was it travis where did you go with the idea of researching the unmade halloween movies well it's so funny because we never planned on doing two books it was always ever going to be one book and the lost sequels was just going to be an appendix in the back oh, and okay. the more we started researching that okay well it's no longer an appendix it's more like a chapter Okay, it's mm -hmm. no longer a chapter, but a few chapters. And then eventually it became half of Taking Shape 1. And we were like, look, we can't, we can't do this. We need to split this up. Because mm -hmm. Taking Shape 2, like I said, 600 pages. 
I mean, that's like two books. That's that's it's yeah. Yeah. it's a big book too. So it kind of just grew into its own thing. The more it, it was such a rabbit hole to fall down because we kept finding more and more projects, many of which had just never been talked about before. Stuff that has just never leaked out for some reason, and we're like, well, I guess that's another chapter. So it's you know we had eleven films that were actually made that we covered, and then twenty four movies that were written or pitched. And some of them got further than others. Some of them got down to like casting and location scouting. And they had a cinematographer. And some of them never made it out of a development meeting. But that's that's how that came together. And, you know, something else that's, I'll go ahead and mention that's funny. I don't want to mislead anyone is that, you know, people, t- you know, with the first taking shape, people say like, oh, it's, well, the people that like it say it's like the ultimate companion. It's the ultimate behind the scenes guide. But it's really not. This actually isn't the the complete making of this franchise because it was too big. This is actually the subtitle is developing Halloween developing. Mm-hmm. from script to scream. And so it's really only about the writing and editing. It's the narrative journey of the movie. So like we don't talk about casting music effects, the masks. There's so much that we didn't cover because we couldn't, it would be a 2000 page book. And yeah. so that's why both books are really, really focused on the story the screenwriter's journey in creating it. And um, that's how we kind of flowed pretty seamlessly into taking shape two on the lost sequels, because movies that aren't made only really exist in that story form, you know? So yeah. What I like about that's impressive, especially taking shape two was like how you'll go from, you start with obviously Halloween four and you and you did some Halloween three stuff, but the Halloween four, the development of Halloween four to me was fascinating because <laughs> some of the, especially the Dennis Etchison um, take, the first one, I was like, for those that haven't read it, go back and read it. the The thought that Michael Myers could have just got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger on screen, I was just like, how the hell could they have possibly done that? And it it was. Not, I don't want to go through each treatment you talked about because it will be here for hours. But that was just one that stood out to me because, especially most most of the Dennis Etchison treatments, because very sci-fi because he's a comic, he's he's more into the comic realm. If if I'm correct, mm-hmm. they seem to be. He, he'll write. He was writing a lot of fascinating stuff because I actually love when he did the the comic books. Yeah, Dennis Etchison, you know, and I, I have to mention that I didn't actually personally interview Dennis for Taking Shape 2. We licensed his interview from a, a wonderful horror journalist named Michael Ryan Asip. Mm-hmm. Um, I, be, I believe from he wrote for Dread Central. The interview is no longer online regardless, but uh, we, we saw the interview and we were like, we have to have that in the book as a companion piece to the chapter. His Halloween 4 is so interesting because it's, the, it's one of the only lost sequels that had John Carpenter... <laughs> supervising its creation yeah and so john carpenter gave a lot of notes on it and guided it and you know it's got some real strange elements it 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 focuses almost 100 on the supporting cast of the original film so you know marion chambers is there uh tommy and Mm -hmm. Lindsay, and uh so many other just really background characters And and like you just alluded to the ending really just kind of throws you for a loop because they're shooting it. It's at a drive-in movie theater. They're shooting <laughs> at Michael and causes him to grow in size. Like he's, Get he's bigger. 12, and I'm like, he's like, yeah, huh? he's like 12 or 15 feet tall. 
flipping cars <laughs> like a kaiju. <laughs> uh, it would have been a, f- and that's where it goes back to like, um, like the was it Night Dance when he was doing Night Dance? The, the comic books, I love it. I have all the comic books. I love them. And I, I grew up on comic books, which I'm sure you guys did too. So I could, and obviously Etchison was he was chosen by Carpenter. Carpenter said, "Hey, let's yeah. get him to do that." He was chosen to to write uh, a treatment for Halloween Four, and um, when I read that, I'm like, "How did this guy even expect it? This to even possibly <laughs> be made? How are you going to expect a person to just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger?" You know, I, I have a theory that John Carpenter resented Halloween Two and Halloween One's success to the point that with that Halloween Four, he kind of wanted to go ahead and go against the grain of all the expectations and see how hard he could break away from this formula that he'd created within the genre. And so that's why you get a Halloween four there. That's, that's very different, but that's actually, if you get the book, there's actually three different Halloween that we cover. There's the, yeah, there's several. There's one that was written even before that, that had Laurie Strode before they knew that Jamie Lee Curtis was going to return. Returning. They went ahead and commissioned a script where, Jamie Lee has a family and a, a wife and a, I mean, a daughter and a husband and Dr. Loomis is back. That's and, what she's living in Chicago. Is that the one she's in right. Chicago? Yeah. And you've got the shape driving around in a sports car in Chicago. It's very <laughs> I read that and I'm like, I can see him just driving around. Well, I mean, he drove around in a sports car in part five, but let's not go down that rabbit hole. Right. And, so. Michael's and the, other, the third Halloween four was uh, by a, a great writer named Shim Bitterman, who wrote Shem, the original yeah. screenplay for Halloween 5, you know, before he was doing Halloween. And of course, they, Dominic Othon and Gerard threw out quite literally his script. So he's credited on Halloween 5, but none of his ideas made it in. But he was one of the original writers on Halloween 4. And his version is very similar to the Halloween 4 we got, but with, with major, major differences. And so one of those being Jamie Lloyd in Halloween 4 is scared of her uncle. Her uncle's the boogeyman. Shim Bitterman thought for his Halloween 4, what if Jamie Lloyd was drawn to her uncle and thought he was misunderstood and that he really, Mm -hmm. as her last living relative, what if they could be together? And uh, boy, what a a wrong direction (laughs) for her. (laughs) She eventually realizes the error of that line of thinking. Yes, it was. It was a yeah. fun. It was a fun. I remember. Of course, I've read it, and it, it was an interesting take on it. But it was just like, I don't know how well that would have went down. How people would have digested that, but it, was, <laughs> it would have been fun, <laughs> so to speak. That's awesome. I love. Um, oh, I just had it in my head, and I just lost it. The um, which was the one? Because uh, not to just to beat the dead horse, good on every single one. The the treatments where. They were going to pick up after resurrection, and oh, they were actually yes. going to, and they were bringing Buster Rhymes back. Yeah, oh, when I read that in that book, I had to put the book down, and I remember like sitting upstairs reading it because I did read it originally on you know, on, the, on the book. And I, was, I just my glasses off. My wife's like, "What's the matter, Mike? You don't want to know." You know how far <laughs> along did those get with bringing Buster Rhymes back? According to Anthony Massey, who wrote the foreword for the book and who used to run. Movies. We had Anth- we had Anthony Massey on this uh, two weeks ago. Marvelous, terrific. Great guy. I mean, he's still Great doing guy. awesome stuff in Halloween all these years later. But he told me that um, Busta actually came by the Trankus office to meet with Mustafa Akkad to talk about the future of his part of the franchise. I mean, they were. God, really... I wish I was a fly in the wall for that. <laughs> oh, I know. Like what was said. I mean, 
they 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 tried to regain some of the dignity i think of the franchise in those halloween nine screenplays that you know some of them killed bust off right away like he was just a loose end that you gotta go you're done yeah and one of them continued on with him as the new hero which mm-hmm. okay yeah, i mean we've already been through direction so where can how much worse can it get I guess more kung fu. I guess more kung fu. There, there was no kung fu that I read in the sequel. I think they were trying to like rein it in, like okay, let's not go there again. Yeah, oh gosh, well, there were and one of the ones I was actually probably looking forward to, from what I remember, actually, and it was announced and put out. I remember reading in Fangoria, amongst other outlets, was um, Halloween 3D. Oh. When they when they when they said because we're big Halloween three fans when they said Atkins signed on I'm like I'm in. <laughs> Todd Farmer and Patrick Lussier got so far along in that that's one of the ones uh, one of a couple different lost sequels that was location scouting they had Wayne Toth doing effects uh, they had casting because they had Scout Taylor Compton Tyler Maine yeah. Tom Atkins yep. they were coming back Halloween three they were all agreeing to come. They were because they were going to do it right before they did Drive Angry, which was shooting in, I think, the New Orleans area or Louisiana. And it fell apart for the dumbest reason, which is that the Weinsteins just ran out of capital. Well, that uh, was, well, we go down the Weinsteins on. rabbit hole, and Lord knows. I mean, just, just if those have not read the Taking Shape 2 book, you'll see all the stonewalling and all the nonsense that was created because of primarily Bob Weinstein. What a fuckhead. God. And he's got his comeuppance, obviously, for other reasons besides just being a dick. But, you know, it's um, uh, there's also in the book we talk about a a second Halloween 3D that would have also been a sequel to Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. This one was by a fantastic writer that a lot of Halloween fans will know, Steph Hutchinson. Steph Hutchinson, yes. Who did the comics. He did the comic books as well. He envisioned a completely different Halloween 3 that instead of focusing on Laurie, uh, would have focused on Sheriff Brackett and would have been about Ooh. Brad Doris, Sheriff Brackett. Going that was a good read. Yeah. Up against the shape. I mean, what a cool idea. He was phenomenal as Brackett. I couldn't imagine, oh, yeah. you know, how great that would have been. Oh, that would have been He great. was so good. And what was the take where, because um... oh, I. I was trying to go back. I had just didn't have the time. I wanted to go back and revisit everything. What was the take where um I think it was I think it was where Scat was gonna come back, where she was sort of going to be shadowing Michael and then she just didn't want to be like him, and then she ended eventually ended up taking her life. Yeah, so that was the one by uh Patrick and Todd, um, that was gonna be the original Halloween 3D. Yeah, so it, it kind of walked the line of is Laurie going to you know what is her destiny, right? And uh, is she in charge? Does she get to choose that, or is is she going to be evil like Michael? It was. I thought it was really interesting, and I would have liked to have seen it. Yeah, um, it was interesting because it was a different take, and because she was she, from what I remember uh, in your book, she was like, "I'm trying to be like you, but I can't. I can't do yeah. this." Yeah, and so it was like her having that, where she was. Um, well, not for lack of better terms, where you saw like in in the part four where Jamie was sort of leading to him because she touched him and she was possessed by him and the part mm-hmm. five, but she didn't obviously didn't act on it. But this is where she was sort of giving into it to sort of act on it and becoming 
his quote unquote sidekick and then just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, it, it begs so many questions like, is this mental illness? Is this madness? Or is this in her blood? I mean, right. uh, bloodline. Really, mm -hmm. Scout, I thought, you know, the first Rob Zombie Halloween was was just okay. I'm one of those people that thought his Halloween 2 was much more interesting. And it looked like Halloween 3D was going to continue that, with, where Scout Taylor Compton would have really had some opportunities to show her out for acting chops in some yeah. really gut-wrenching scenes, like with the one you're talking about. And, and I thought she was great. I, I'm a big fan of Scout's version of, I mean, of course, I'm a diehard original Halloween guy, so that's always at the top of the mountain, but I, I defend Rob Zombie's Halloween. I, I, I generally tend to laugh at the beginning and just try to make it humorous <laughs> until we get past all that. And the rest of it's not a bad take. And Halloween 2, my only part of Halloween 2 that really gets me is I love the beginning, and then when she woke up, it kind of pissed me off. I wanted to be in that Halloween 2 hospital world, and only criticism of ha of Scout is she was a little bit too whiny and, lack of a better term, bitchy. Other than that, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a. a I'm a big Rocky Horror fan, so when they came out dressed as the, the Rocky oh, Horror I characters, know, right? I'm a big. As much as I love Halloween, I love Rocky Horror, and I was like, wow, that's yeah, awesome. It was it was a beautiful crossing over of two things that I also love. Yeah, oh, I love Rocky Horror. Oh, yeah, man. so that was my only thing that was a little bit odd. And we also want to talk about your other books. I mean, you, so you did mention that Phantasm was your bigger passion, correct? Yeah, so Phantasm was the first book that I ever, you know, tried to do myself. Phantasm exhumed in 2014. And yeah. that's the whole reason I became an author was because I, I had been a huge Phantasm fan and had a blog and all of that. I knew a lot of the cast personally. And I thought this franchise needs a great behind the scenes book. And after doing Phantasm, I just thought, well, where can we go from here? And I, you know, one after the other. And now it's kind of my thing. Horror movie retrospective books. But I love Phantasm. I've got the tall man right over here, always with me. And you can't see it, but tall man all over. Uh, so, what did, I, so I don't know your age. And I won't ask because nobody wants to know their age when they get older. So what did you see first? Phantasm or Halloween? Halloween. Okay. Yeah, Halloween, I can. Uh, no, I mean, you, well, what, what was Halloween your first big milestone horror film, or do you have one that comes before it? That is my milestone. Of, and funny thing, I just started doing something on this channel called uh, I'm doing reviews of different eras, and if I'm a nostalgic, I'm an old fart. So I like to pick on movies that influence me. So last week, I dropped a review of The Warriors, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. And then I just I have one now that'll be out this Friday, which is actually it's nostalgic because it's actually the first horror movie I ever saw. It was a, it was a made for TV movie called Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Yes, with Kim Darby and uh, John Hutton. If you've ever seen it, it's only about an hour fifteen minutes long. So I'm I'm going down the nostalgia route because this is fun for me. It's not I'm not going to be a freaking YouTuber. I just like to do this because my wife has been for years. I've had this stuff. I talk horror. Halloween and my wife's like you need to find somebody to talk to about this because I don't want to hear it <laughs> so I found knucklehead to over here another knucklehead who's running a little bit late and this is an outlet for us to hang out and talk about it. but my first horror movie I ever saw was don't be afraid of the dark a great scared place to start scared yeah. the shit out of me when I was a kid I was about six years old when I saw it, it came out in 1973 I, I born in 72 but 
like 78 is when I finally saw it. It scared the crap out of me. So that's actually my next review. So what would be the first horror movie you saw, just out of curiosity? Me? Yes, you. Oh, uh, you know, it was, like I said, it was universal. So it was, it was like, it was the 1931 double feature of Dracula and Frankenstein, Lugosi and Karloff. Oh, nice. And, and those introduction. forever live rent-free in my brain for forever, for all time. That's Joe, Joe's a big, Joe. I know Joe's a big, um, he's a big uh, universal monster collector. Oh, big yeah. time. Uh, but no, the, for me growing up being a 90s kid, I can just remember uh, HBO was a big no-no for me growing up. So when we would visit people and, you know, I would always try to sneak into the older kids' rooms to watch what they were watching. And I can always remember like three movies or, or I remember Tell Us From The Crypt was always on. I can remember always watching Phantasm. Phantasm, for whatever reason, was always on HBO. And then yeah, it, was. it was always on HBO. I remember just being addicted to it. And then uh, for me was the, the It miniseries uh, from 90. Oh, yeah. And those those movies kind of developed my love of, of, of the horror films. And then, you know, my favorite film of Halloween-wise is H4, Halloween 4, just because of my age. I, I, was, I was born in 86. It came out in 88. And I just remember growing up and watching that at home and being terrified and the whole Jamie Lloyd character, a la the tattoo, oh, you know, nice. it's so, it's so, you know, I ingrained like in me that, you know, I, I then went back. So I remember what I watched when I was younger and went back and watched. And like you, man, I love Phantasm. All the movies are just kind of like a, a guilty pleasure for me. And not a lot of people love them. You know, you ask, you try to strike up a conversation and people are kind of just like, nah, you know, you get the mainstream horror people there. That's fine. But, I just love the Phantasm films. I don't know what it is. I just, you know, no, no offense, Joe. I mean, Halloween 4, what a safe choice. No one is going to yeah. argue or give you shit over that. Be, yeah. be, try being me where I, when I try and defend Halloween H2O, and people just go, scream, scream. And I, I can't even get a word in because it's over. I've lost the argument. So me and you are okay in the fact that I, I don't think H2O is such a bad movie. I really don't. I, I don't. There's some spots that I remember watching, and I'm just like, this movie kicks ass. In, in so many different ways, you got that that vibe back from the old days, the vibe. Mm -hmm. Maybe visually you didn't like the mask or you didn't like the actors or actresses, whatever you didn't like, but you still got that vibe. It brought it back. It brought it back to the mainstream. We had this the other that's day. That's H2O right yeah. here. I've got an H2O that – that uh, K, uh, Winston, the can, the KNB, was yeah. it Stan yeah, Winston or was it KNB? That is a, a Winston, and uh, it's, it's yeah. a little bit rehauled, so it's not perfect. But even that ugly ass mask, I love all of them, except for this, except for the CGI one. No one's gonna defend the CGI oh, yeah. one, that's a free shot. No, <laughs> any movie that has a uh, Creed playing in the background, I'm good, <laughs> dude. I, I, okay, I was such an H2O fan, I went and saw Creed live. Yes, because I had to hear them do "What's This Life For?" What's this, bro? I okay. I'm like the biggest closeted Creed fan. I've seen them live the whole the whole shebang. I'm a big Tremonti fan. I love Mark Tremonti. Um, mm -hmm. So it's like oh, I'm with you on that, dude. I'm with. And you. then Scream Three came out and had Creed on the soundtrack, and I was like, yes. "They're yeah. gonna keep doing this. Creed's just gonna be on all the new horror movie soundtracks." Fucking now. what if, man? I love that yes. song. You just say the same song, the same. <laughs> what if? What if? Just over and it's like yes. great video because Dewey was in the video. And, and, Hell oh, yeah, that's, all good. that's one of my favorite music videos, man. It's so good. All right. uh, so so I had. This is where I can go back as being a musician. Like I said, I play in a band. And um, 
two of my favorite bands of all time. Basically, actually, one of them stemmed, <clears throat> excuse me, stemmed from Halloween. The other one was a pleasant surprise. So when I first saw Halloween back in 1980, I loved the film. I'd watch it all the time. And back then, you got to remember, there was no internet. You know, you had limited TV. It, it just wasn't like it is now. So I kept hearing that Don't Fear the Reaper. So I researched it. And I'm like, what is that song? I like this song. And I've been a 40-plus year fanatic of Blois the Cult. I've seen him about 20 times. My uh, my son's a huge Blois the Cult fan. Drives around, hit the front the front plate on his car is a Blois the Cult front plate. Because I've introduced him to Blois the Cult. And he just loves Blois the Cult. And the other happy accident is when I went to see Halloween 6. And they were playing Brother Kane. Awesome. Who I love Brother Kane. I was like a, a bit, one of my favorite bands from the it. 90s. One of my favorite. I've seen him several times back in the 90s. And I love them. And I remember going, I'm like, my wife's looking at me. She's like, she's like, is that a full shine on? I go, that's Brother Kane. Holy shit. <laughs> and, and of course, I went to, she came with me to CH2O and she's a big Creed fan. To this day, she's a big Creed fan. Creed fan. Oh. So she was pleasantly surprised to hear that. My main memory of Blue Oyster Cult is just, I need more cowbell. That's all I know. <laughs> I know. That's all I know. And I've told people to, I've, I've been seeing Blue Oyster Cult since the 80s. And I'd say probably since that happened, you go see them live, and you will. One thing you will not see on that stage is a, pardon my French, fucking cowbell. They don't even play it anymore. Because even when my somebody's like that, they don't even hit the cowbell anymore. I said, I said they probably won't even allow one on the stage at this point. Right. Because they don't want to deal with it anymore. Don't go for it, Gene. <laughs> you know, talking about Halloween soundtracks, everyone wants to talk about uh, "Don't Fear the Reaper," "Mr. Sandman," "Fool Shine On." And all these great songs, but no one brings up the really weird soundtrack that has some pop songs on it. Halloween Five, shit like Romeo, Romeo, and I'll yes. I love, I love <laughs> that. I love honestly, so that catchy. so catchy. It and is. No one talks about it. We've uh, talked like Brad, who's not here right now. Hopefully, will join us at some point. Him and I have talked about it. We consider Halloween Halloween Five is our guilty pleasure. They love that shit. They love because it. like it's such a it's, it's such a bad train wreck of a movie but it was it came out in 1989 at a very nostalgic time in my life i just got my license i got a nice job at the time and i remember driving around in my car and listening to it on a cassette and uh i love those songs like romeo romeo what's the other one anything for money yeah um yeah. there's a couple more oh god what's <laughs> I, I know them all dancing on midnight yeah <laughs> Oh my! Yeah, God, I, I have the, that, that the uh, fun, fun audio tape to. of that soundtrack that I pop into my Walkman and I just be jamming. And my yeah. friends will be talking about, you know, what music are you into? And I'm like, oh, you know, I'll do anything for money. They're like, what is that? <laughs> I thought everyone heard knew this song. This isn't a top forty. What are you talking about? You're not listening to Waterfalls right now. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, I love that you love that. I love that first part of that soundtrack and people think i'll put it on people like who and over the years i've had actually on people like wow who is this, this is actually pretty good i go and the, and then when i say they're like oh, of course it's halloween <laughs> because it's awesome. like shaking my head because they know me i'm like yeah but it's 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 and i, I never really researched it I'm, whether you did or not I'm, are they like local salt lake city utah bands because i don't think any of them really became of anything beyond that well you know that's the thing like i mentioned a little while ago our scope on the Taking Shape books was almost strictly the storyline because if we'd have covered every movie comprehensively, it would have been a 2,000-page book. And oh, so we never yeah. we never got into the music, but I think 
that's a subject worth digging into. Like, oh yeah, I love the that. Halloween Five book now. I think that needs to happen and give us some answers on these artists. How did? Ooh. Who was the music supervisor? And who who picked these songs? Probably Dominic. Don't you think that seems like a Dominic thing to do? Like, <laughs> yeah, and, and I could I, I could get off this podcast. I can go sit in my garage and pour myself a beer, and and I just put that on and just listen to all those songs. And I, and um, what the hell is the one song? Oh God, with the girl. I'll think of it in a minute. I'll, if not, I'm going to grab my soundtrack because it's driving me crazy. The one girl. I'll, I'll think of it. <laughs> the the girl that sounds real angry. The real angry girl song. It's been like 20 years since I've spun this shape, so I can't God. remember. <laughs> I'll think of it. It, it. Otherwise, it'll drive me crazy, and I'll go look it up. But yeah, the, that would be a... I mean, of course, we're Halloween fanatics. So to sit there and say that you're going to come out with a book about Halloween soundtracks and songs, we'll be like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I get it. <laughs> you have to find the audience and you know, and go where it's going to flourish. So I get it. So if you sit there and say, Pat, I'm going to do a, a whole thing on the Halloween soundtracks. I'll be like, sign me up. Absolutely. And you know, so on I the subject it. of Halloween five, I'm, I'm always, I've got to tie it back to, to taking shape too. Uh, if you saw Halloween five and you were expecting Jamie to become the killer, as was teased by the ending of Halloween four, they actually did write that script. That script mm -hmm. was written mm. and it was going to go yep. forward and they didn't. And we cover that pretty extensively in the book. There's a whole story of Jamie Lloyd becoming Michael's sidekick. I mean, that yeah. Halloween 5 opened with her killing more people besides just her stepmother. Nice. And the other crazy thing about that version of Halloween 5 is that Loomis, right away, having kind of learned from the lessons of the past, he goes, we got to kill this kid. We got to kill <laughs> her quick, like right now. And... It's yeah. like he, he could have killed Michael when he first saw that Michael was evil, when it would have been easy when Michael was just a boy. But he didn't yeah. because you don't do that. His mistake has led to so many deaths that Loomis goes crazy in this Halloween 5. Like he's wow. chasing Jamie, trying to kill her like, like Michael would. And I, I love the screenplays that take Loomis and kind of push him to the edge of sanity because yeah. that's where he would understandably be. I mean, having having not been listened to and having, you know, missed Michael at all these opportunities to catch him, Loomis would be a little crazy, right? And that's one thing that I, I adore about some of the ballsier <clears throat> Lost sequels is that they didn't just have Loomis just be the, the shining white armor knight. You know, they, they did things with him. They took risks with that character. Yeah, he would have been, it sounded like he would have been more redemptive. Like he would have been like really kind of like to redeem himself for his failures in the past. That That's mm. really interesting, man. That's really, really interesting. Are yeah. there any yeah. treatments that stand out for you as ones that were maybe your favorite? That like, like shit, I wish this was really bad. I mean, I know this, but there's a few just from reading the book that would have been very happy with them being made. But anything that stands out that you, from obviously you're researching writing the book that where you said, shit, I really wish this was made. This would have been really, really cool. So the, the really lame answer that I have is whatever script I read last is usually the one that I'm like, I want to see that one really bad. I mean, nice. This, what's cool is there's so many, Halloween is a really kind of elastic franchise and that you can do really different things with it. You can have the sequel that's like a nostalgia comfort food, like 2018, or you can have the cult you know, <clears throat> Rosemary's Baby kind of Halloween 6, or you can, yeah. you can go in all kinds of different directions. So a lot of the ones I liked, uh, I love the alternate Halloween 5. I liked... Um, I did like that, yeah. I 
so I would love for them to come out with that one. I mean, it's nice that they finally came out with the Doctor Death mm-hmm. original opening. I would love to see that massacre at, at the police station one of these days if it ever shows its uh, face of light. Which I don't you know. know there was, was a chapter in there of the <clears throat> alternate Halloween Seven, the Halloween Seven that was going to come out before Jamie Lee Curtis came back. And this Halloween 7 was direct-to-video. It was officially going to be a direct-to-video Halloween because Halloween 6 had come out. It had not impressed anyone in any way. And Dimension said, look, next one's direct-to-video. And they hired Robert Zappia, who eventually Mm -hmm. wrote Halloween H2O, but he wrote a Halloween 7 script called Halloween 7, Two Faces of Evil, which that's not a great title because you got two back-to-back numbers. It's confusing. Halloween (laughs) 7, Two Faces of Evil. But what it was about was... Michael is freed from prison. You know, they catch him and he he escapes. And you've got this magician uh, who's obsessed with Michael Myers and starts copycat killing. And the problem is neither you, the audience, nor the authorities know who's doing what killing. They're killing at the same time in the same okay. town. And you're trying to figure out, are we looking at actual Michael? Or are we looking at the copycat? And, you know... Eventually, it becomes clear, but it's it's kind of a cat and mouse with two different killers, and not in the way that Halloween Ends did it. It was very, even though I liked Halloween Ends, it was very different than how Halloween Ends did it because they were never working together. It was separately, and you're constantly trying to figure out, is this really Michael or is this the imitator? And um, I thought that was an interesting take on it, to shake it up, because at some point with these sequels, you do need to shake it up a little bit. Yeah, right. So- and and with ends, you know, as much as it kind of pissed on the bushes for a lot of people, I see where they were trying to go. I personally, do I hate it? No. Do I love it? No. What the I I'm a I'm a big H uh H3 guy. Mm-hmm. To me, I think they probably could have found a different way to do what they did and introduce that storyline in an anthology. That would have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. I, do I think it's the worst in the series? No, <clears throat> Resurrection. No, it's not. Yeah, there's other ones that are. Yeah, so that's where I'd love to see them go. I love. I mean, especially from you reading the books and and doing all this research. Now, if they plucked from all this and did like an anthology series, like a creep show TV series, where they were doing Halloween and this, like they wanted to do, like John Carpenter wanted to do originally. Mm-hmm. That would be amazing. I'd love to see that. While I love my Myers, I'm okay with letting it sit for a while. Let it marinate for a while and then bring it back and do something interesting with it. But you want to keep it alive? I say let's go pick and choose from all these different novels, different scenes from the novels, pick do and it. choose from Taking Shape 2. That would be amazing. Put it on Shutter <laughs> on one of these streaming services, and that would I think it would do great. Because it would peak interest, especially for just not Halloween fans, just horror fans in general, because it would attract other people that may not be interested in Halloween. And it, it keeps everybody interested in the franchise. I agree completely. That's where I want to go. Just my offense. No offense. No offense. <laughs> That's good. That's where I want to go. I could wait. You know, of course, I'm not getting any younger. Five, six years. They come out with a, an amazing idea to reboot it. I'll, I'll be on board. You know, I'll be there. Are you going to H45? Are you are you that big that you're going to H45 in Pasadena? 
I'm not. I, my convention days, you know, I'm a family guy now. I've got two young kids and uh, it, it's it's just not as easy to get out to the conventions as it used to be. So I feel like I'm probably done with conventions for a while, even though I love that scene, love the environment, love the fellowship of being with, of finally being in a room full of people that know about Romeo Romeo, you know? Yeah. Whereas in your normal daily life, no one knows about that. So, no, but no, no, I won't be going. I will be watching from home though. So when those Q and A panels get uploaded, I will absolutely be clicking in to see what I missed. How about you guys? Oh, we're going. We got VIP tickets. We're we got one way. I've never been to any of the official. I've been to tons of other conventions, but this is probably going to be my one and only trip out there to visit the the filming locations and all the different sites. Because you know, same thing. I'm a little bit older, so my kids are a little bit older. So for years, I missed the 25th, I missed the 30th, the 40th, because of the young kids situation. I, mean, I can't just pack up. I live in Pennsylvania, just outside the country. I yeah. can't just get, just pack up, leave my job, and leave my wife and kids and go out there. So now they're older, and I'm just like, screw you all. I'm going to Pasadena, <laughs> and I'm going. I said, yeah. and my wife is cool. She's super. Meanwhile, she has zero interest in any of this, and plus whatever she can get for when I drop dead. It, but she was cool with it. I'm like, I miss all the other ones. I'm going. So I got my VIP ticket. My buddy Joe's going. And uh, our missing buddy Brett's going. And really looking forward to it. Have you, ever been, have you ever visited any of the Pasadena sites? Have you been out there? Yes. And speaking of Brett, if he doesn't turn up, can I have his ticket? That might be his punishment. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm That's kidding. Um, yeah, I, I have. I've, I've made pilgrimage uh, to some of the places out there. And uh, it's... It's so cool. You know, the official conventions by every measure really seem to do an incredible job of, of giving the fans what they want, of like bringing the filmmakers and doing the events, the bus tours that Sean Clark does and stuff. I mean, how I for that. That's clearly my best. designed That's by most, fans yeah. for fans. Like, it's just pitch perfect for what people want to see. I mean, that's so great. Absolutely. Did you do it? Did you so did you go to do the tours and all this stuff? Did you do the official ones or did you just do it on your own? No, just did some of it on my own. Like when I was out there, I had to go to some Halloween locations, had to go to some Phantasm locations, of course. And um, it's it's I've been out to LA twice, and there's just not enough time to see all the locations and places you want to see because I don't know how people who live out there don't just do that full time. Like you could stop by the Myers house and have coffee at that little shop in front of it any day you wanted. Like that's where I would spend all my time. That's oh. awesome. Yeah. I, I did have the uh, restraining orders against me. <laughs> oh God. Why is this guy still here? You need to go home. But quick question. Cause I, while, while we do, we have a love for Phantasm. I love that movie. Where was Phantasm filmed? Cause I honestly don't know. Yeah, Phantasm was filmed in, uh, in 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 and around Southern California, and also a little bit in Northern California. They filmed it across three years, in a whole variety of locations, from like Van Nuys to Chatsworth to um, you know just kind of all over. So just around LA, basically in the suburbs. Did Don Coscarelli now was that studio backed or was that um, how was that backed? Because I I'm just curious. I guess. It's one of the movies I do love, and I'm actually going to do it as one of my reviews. We're actually reviewing it tonight on this channel, so hang out. So was he studio-backed? or no, how did he his, his dad uh, funded it for him because he had done two independent movies first that had gained studio distribution once he had made them. And uh, Phantasm, you know, once he made it, he sold it to, his, to Avco Embassy for distribution. 
But Phantasm, fiercely independently made. Um, yeah, that's his baby, right? Budget. That's yeah, his, I mean, it's his baby. Yeah, it's all him. And that's how the later ones, Phantasm 4 and 5, were independently financed and made the same way. And yeah. um, 2 and 3, Phantasm 2 and 3, did have the backing of Universal Studios as what's called a negative pickup, where they said, look, if you go out and make the movie on your own and bring it to us, we'll buy it and release it and stick our logo on it. But they didn't actually have anything to do with the actual production of it. He's kind of like the Don Mancini of the Chucky. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> He's actually, this guy's more, I don't know, more creative in my opinion, but that's just me. Because it makes you one think. Of the things, one of the things about Phantasm, I'm curious, just, mm. just because the way it's shot, and I've always wondered this because it's amazing. My wife is like, my wife went to school for architecture. Now, Morningside, that building, is that real? No. Is that an either. actual building? Because it doesn't look like it is in the film. It, 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 that is real. No, so the, the exterior, that white building with huge columns. Yes. That's that's the um, Dunsmere Mansion up in, I want to say, Oakland, California. Oh. And it's a historic mansion that's been it's there just amazing forever. It's creepy as, as hell. Yeah. The inside of it, we never actually see the inside of it in the movie. The inside that you see where the marble walls and mm -hmm. everything... That's just a warehouse. They just got contact paper and put it on plywood. Oh, nice. <laughs> wow, that's great. Yeah, it's the it's the fakest but best-looking set you can think of a way to make it. I mean, they made it for, for just nothing. Pocket change, basically. And it looks so good because if that's not what a you know, funeral home looks like, what 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 is it? To this yeah. day, I could tell you when I'm with my, my, my cousin, who is about six months older than me, my cousin Jimmy, and we were big horror fans growing up, and we used to watch some older movies together. To this day, like him and I will be out somewhere, and I, I'll just get his hand to go on my shoulder and be like, the funeral is about to begin, sir. <laughs> and I just start laughing, and my wife's like, what the hell are you guys talking about? And I'm like, you don't, it's better you don't know. Phantasm <laughs> was, was so, so special to me. You know, I was, I was close friends with a lot of the cast and crew, but especially Angus Scrim, the tall man, was very a very mm -hmm. dear friend, and and he was instrumental in helping me get that first book released. He wrote the introduction. He helped me coordinate interviews. He um, shared his personal set journals from the making of the movie, and uh, it was just so special to me personally to be able to release that book because it's not only the legacy of Phantasm; it's it's his legacy, and uh, right. and I'm I'm. It's being my first book. It's rough around the edges. It's called Phantasm Exhumed, but it's also something that I'm still pretty proud of. Nine years later, it's uh, it's a cool thing. Yeah, and admittedly, it, it, now is that on Audible as well? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because I I love Audible because that's how I catch up on things. So I'm gonna go check it out. Um, and what now? We love your know how you uh, love Phantasm. You love. Um, Halloween, what drew you to Jaws? I mean, everybody loves Jaws. I mean, let's, well, I mean, what you drew know, you to do a Jaws book? Yeah, well, it's actually, you know, it's funny. It's not really a Jaws book per se. It's actually, <laughs> it's the Jaws ride that was at Universal. Oh, I love it. This is great. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Jaws ride that used to be at Universal Studios Florida that was there for 20 years. Um, and it's, now okay. Harry I, it's now Harry Potter. I never yeah. read it, so, I, so it's about specifically the the ride, not not necessarily the history of the of the, the movie. Right. So the ride okay. kind of is is uh it's its own little storyline uh, inspired by the movie, and the the making of the ride is disastrous. It is mm. it's it's a 
hilariously terrible how bad it was initially put together. And so my book is a collection of 30 interviews of the writers, designers, construction people, shark people, skippers that did the boats. It's it's all these people that worked on it, giving their stories. It's called Adventures in Amity, Tales from the Jaws Ride. Oh, wow. I have to check that out. That'd be interesting. And, to see. and in That's addition awesome. to the, the interviews with the people that made the ride, there's a, a so many behind-the-scenes photos of the sharks and the construction of the ride. And so for people that... Even for people that never got to experience it, because it's it's no longer there in Orlando, it's a uh, it's kind of a, just a cool, weird, niche subject of Jaws history that I just, for personal reasons, I had to document it. Because anytime you, you go to Universal Studios Florida back then, you could they they had not just the ride, but a whole Amity Village, like with games and restaurants and gift wow. shops. You could step foot into Amity Island, it felt like. the arc, Even the architecture of the buildings and the street signs. And there's no other opportunity you really have for that. I mean, what Halloween Horror Nights, I guess, when they do Halloween. Right. But when yeah. else can you step into physically the world of the movie you love? It was special wow. for that reason. That's pretty cool. That's very interesting. That's very that interesting. Is, that is wild. <clears throat> and the funniest, the funny backstory that I have, which the, was both my uh, co-hosts have seen before is have you ever seen the documentary um class action park yeah <laughs> well i grew up in northern new jersey so i used to go to that action park all the time really so so it was hysterical when even my wife and i told her about it, she's like they actually there's a documentary about accident we used to call it accident park when we used to go because there was always an accident somebody always got hurt and every time we used to do we were young kids at the time we used to beat the shit out of each other when we used to go down on the, the water slides so it was funny she's like i can't believe the, the, the documentary on that park because it was everybody used to get hurt to, to that's why we called it it was it was called action park they called it class action park we just knew it as accident park so that's I, I love how you wrote the. I didn't realize the whole book was about that. So I actually have to get that. I want to check that out because brings back back nostalgia of uh, you know now that I'm older. My kids go on all the rides. I'm like they're like dad going to ride. I'm like yeah, I'll be hurting tomorrow. <laughs> Take the ibuprofen and, and do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the the proxins, my buddy. No, no, <laughs> no. Oh, that's that's that's. I have to read that. And now the other book that you have is is uh, the sl it's on slashers. It's called Slash of the Titans, The Road yes. to Freddy versus Jason. Ooh. And if you like Taking Shape 2 about all the lost sequels, then you will love Slash of the Titans because Freddy versus Jason, you know, that we got in 2003, I was actually a big fan of that movie and the soundtrack. <laughs> fun soundtrack. Mm -hmm. But that movie took uh, a long time to get made. And I came to realize it had officially 17 different screenwriters. Holy crap. They 17 different screen. This is according to the Writers Guild because it went to arbitration when the movie came out. Uh, New Line Cinema had commissioned 10 different versions of that script using 17 different writers before they finally settled on the one that was made. And when people complain wow. about the one that was made, I implore them to go and look at the ones that weren't made. And that's what Slash the Titans is. I interviewed oh, wow. almost every screenwriter in that group of 17. I interviewed production executives, producers, and uh, it's, you know, what they almost made with Freddy versus Jason, it was gonna be crazy. I mean, the, the things that they thought about doing were wild. 
And uh, that's Damn. what Slash the Titans is. It's 10 different versions of the same matchup. So that's, that's, that's crazy to get all those different, you know, imaginations and different visions. That would have been, mm -hmm. that's cool, man. Damn. Some people said, well, Freddie was clearly a counselor at Camp Crystal Lake. And some people said, no, we're going to make Jason a real killer and put him on trial like a courtroom drama. And some people said, we're going to have Jason and Freddie be movie characters and then come out of the screen. I mean, there were so many ways that they tried to do it. And they, they would get a script and they would look at it and go, this doesn't feel right. This is too complicated. And so it really was an effort to simplify it as much as possible, which is what we got in the movie, I think. The 2003 movie yeah. is pretty simplified, which was easier said than done at the end of the day. I gotta definitely check that out too. That, that's just great. Right. Now, now, you as a writer and, and obviously investigating, you, you have to do research for these books. And I obviously we love to talk and chat about this stuff. So, anything come to mind as far as not necessarily just taking shape because we're Halloween fanatics? Any interviews that you that stood out that were your favorite interviews? Like I can tell you, I I love the one interview with, that you did with um. Speaking of Halloween Five, Dominique Finn and Gerard, where he was talking about how we just basically took their script and threw it in the garbage. That was one of my I was just like, yeah. Oh, that was Travis. That was actually Travis. Travis Miller. did Dominique Uthin and Gerard. That was Travis. And I was so jealous right. because that was a great he, interview. He was such a character, you could just uh -huh. tell. And he had so many things. I mean, you I wish Travis could have kept him talking for that's a long interview. That interview is that's like a 16 really pages, interview, right? I mean, we just let him talk. He just and went the, off and he was telling you all this stuff and you were just like, yeah. how did he just, like, they just not take it. All right, get his ass out of here. Now. <laughs> but that, that was great. But anything stand out to you as like the, one of the interviews that you reminisce or think about often that was like, wow, man, that was a great interview. You know, some of my favorite interviews I've done for Slash of the Titans, I got to talk to Robert England for an hour and, and, oh, nice. and get his ideas on the early Freddy versus Jason's. That was special to me. Uh, and Sean Cunningham as well, who yeah. you know, directed Friday the 13th. And yeah. uh, with Taking Shape, you know, getting to talk to Kevin Williamson, who wrote Scream, um, was pretty special. And, and also people like Daniel Ferens and Steph Hutchinson, who have written some Halloween stories that I personally really, really enjoy. Um, but also, going back to Slash of the Titans, I got to talk to David Goyer, who wrote The Dark Knight and yeah. uh, so many so many big-budget blockbusters. He had a version of Freddy vs. Jason, in fact. Really? Um, wow. Yeah. So oftentimes, it's just getting to interview filmmakers whose work you know I've really enjoyed, and I just get to pick their brain. That's been a great part of it. We did yeah, like we, 40, we did 40 interviews for Taking Shape 1 and 2, and honestly, I can't even remember... Um, I'm like, oh God, I forgot I talked to that person. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, like we had Dan, we had Dan on our our on our old, other podcast. We had Dan Farrens on, and we were asking about, you know, all the lack of a better term, bullshit he had to go through hmm. while making Halloween Six. And you guys, and you highlighted very, very well in taking shape too with all the shit that they that went down with all the changes and <laughs> and how he was actually trying to go to bat for what he was trying to make. He is a saint. The fact that he could go through what he went through, having his valid and worthwhile creative vision pulled by idiots who had no idea what they were doing, but the confidence to go ahead and do it anyway, and that Daniel Farrens came out positive about the experience and not a angry person is a testament to what a guy he is because he still supported Halloween 6 
and, and helped get the producer's cut released and participated in fan events and has fielded God knows how many messages and emails and interviews. And I personally, after if I had gone through what he went through, I'd be pissed off and I w- I'd, I'd change my name and start using a pen name so that no one would bother <laughs> me. <laughs> So that's incredible. But, you know, also to answer your question, I just looked at the table of contents and I remembered that for Taking Shape, I got to talk to like Dean Cundy and Tommy Lee Wallace. And, you know, those were special moments because with Tommy Lee Wallace, I just got to gush about Halloween 3, which I think is the second best Halloween movie in the franchise, if I'm being honest. Um, Those were special. I mean, it's a really privilege that I I get to talk to who I get to talk to. Big age three fan. I, we're, we're both big. big it's age in my. Three it's fan. in my. It's in my top five. It's in my top <laughs> five. It's in my top five. I. I albeit I've told movies since age two in the theater, and I was that kid that went there in eighty two to see it, and uh, we were like, "Are we in the right theater? Where the hell is Michael Myers?" And funny story, which uh, I've shared with the other guys is so we went to see ends and ends was with uh, I took uh, only person that came with me at the time was my daughter. So I took my daughter. So we're sitting there watching it and she's like this. Dad, what's, what's Michael Myers? And it was like a flashback to 40 years ago when I was in the theater watching <laughs> Halloween three, like, deja she's vu. like she just looked at me. He's like, dad, where's Michael Myers? I go, I don't know. And I was having deja vu. I'm like, Oh, I've been here. I've done this before. What's going to happen next. But I've since, and I was well, be a little disappointed at the time I've come to appreciate it and I've come to love it. And I mean, it's part of my collection. As you can see, I love, I love it. It's very misunderstood. And uh, for those we're doing our Halloween book club right now, we're, we're reading the book right now. Which is Dennis Hutchinson. Hey, you know what, guys? I've enjoyed this so much. I've got a, I've got a jet. I'm so sorry. No, no, you, I, you, I said you, you tell me how much time you have. If you got a bolt, especially if you have young kids, it's, it's a Sunday night. Totally get it. But listen, if you ever have a whole schedule, you need someone to come on and 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 talk your ears off about any of the topics we've discussed. Please think of me. Absolutely, uh, you have an open invite because we're we we can geek out on this stuff as you can see all night long. We'll be we'll be discussing phantasm tonight, but if you want to come on and talk all the phantasm films, dude, we can do that, my friend. Easily, that would be amazing. Amazing, yeah. you, you, you found the right group of uh, knuckleheads. That's right. I'm actually glitching here at the end. Is this how you guys have guests off the show? Not usually. You're freezing a little bit, but your voice <laughs> your voice is okay, but you're like doing like the old Max like Headroom you, thing. You can't quit us. We'll quit you. Is that what that is? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's a pleasure to speak to you, man. It's a thank pleasure. You. Pat, Joe, thank, thank you so much. I hope Brett's okay. It looks like he's just about to, he looks like he's about to jump on, but we'll let you run because you got stuff to do. I'll be in touch and uh, believe me, anytime you want to come on, we'd love to have him back on and uh, chat some more. Thanks so much. Have a good night, guys. Take Later care, away. Dustin. That was killer. And, and just as we're losing Dustin, womp, 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 womp. There's Brett. Hola. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I could. <laughs> I know, but I, I, would, I didn't get to listen to it as I was running late. So it's like I wouldn't want to double up on questions. That's why I was like, you know what? 
I'll just yes. Then why not interrupt? I'll go back and listen to it later. And I, I apologize. I was not ignoring people in the chat, but we were just—I was just engrossed in what he was having to say because I can geek out on this shit all night long, as you can say. So apparently, uh, see, oh, Blake was in the chat. Interesting, but lives in the historic mansion as well. <laughs> did did he uh, did he say if he was going to be at age forty-five? I did ask. He said no. Because he's got oh, young okay. kids, and, I, and I'm like, I've been there. The only reason I'm going to age 45 is because my kids are older now, and they want nothing to do with me except uh, I, I'm just their financier. No, I get um, it. He was, uh, was a very nice guy. He was a nice kid. <clears throat> oh, great. Super nice. Writers, and he, he said it definitely will come back. Uh, writers who have yeah, there's so many possibilities. The the merchandising uh, book should be Taking Shape 3, but that would I don't know if that was... The George Ride. I see. Did you have you guys ever been to the George Ride in Disney? I've never been on it. No, I never been. I did the Jaws Ride at Universal before they got rid of it, way back when. Was that the one, or was he talking about something else? Yeah, that's what we, that's what the book is about. I didn't realize it. I ran the mountain and class action park all the time. Oh, the, the class action. I brought up class action park. I caught that. We talked action park. The it's called. It's <laughs> we. It for those that grew up in northern New Jersey like myself, it was not class action. It was not action park. We used to call it accident park because something always happened gk was in the house gk what's up big fella hey hey joe so i my daughter i i was watching it on the phone before i got on and my daughter's like that's not joe i'm like yes that's joe that's not his hair i'm like maybe he's letting his hair grow out i don't know (laughs) (laughs) she's got that curl right there and she's like that's not joe i'm like that's joe yeah it's it's (laughs) it's getting quite it's getting quite long here i'm getting a quaff going I'm going it out while I still can, you know. He looks like he had a real good time talking. That's awesome, guys. So yeah, and uh, it was super cool. Answer great questions. That was just, uh, and admittedly, for those that don't know, we used to do a, a podcast years ago called uh, not even years ago, months ago, Clayton's podcast. And he was supposed to be on, but he had gotten sick, and we just never were able to get him back on. When I reached out to him last week, he's like, "Oh, I'm free next this coming Sunday," and I'm like, "Okay, let's do it." So that was great. And and I tried to brush up on as much as I can because I haven't listened to those books in a while. And I I was I was picking my brain of all the stuff that did stand out. And it was a lot of fun. Definitely a lot of fun. No, you did a a wonderful job, my friend. Good job, dude. You did. Thank you. So you hit some pinpoints. That's that's great. I'll have to go back. I want to listen to that. If he sounds like he wants to come back on, too. So that's cool. Yeah, and I, I remember I and I was going to bring it up, and I completely forgot. I was on my agenda to bring up to him, but he had a run. I, I had mentioned to him years ago. I said because he always comments on my collection. I'm like, anytime you want to do the Halloween collector's book, I'm more than willing to, willing to help out. You there know where you go. I got to talk to. Remember they came out. Pat, or, I don't know. If Joe got Joe got it, the Brazilian version. Remember the Brazilian book that he was oh, a part of. Mm, no, I don't have that. I grabbed these two. I didn't even think of that. I, I forgot that. about that book too. As so the, did the, I. But, I commented about it, and then all of a sudden, Facebook friends. <laughs> yeah, that 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 was a, a real, real nice story. Who else was it? Oh, yeah. So Nick Push was in the chat. Travis, Agnet, well, and Steve's in there too. From what I'm seeing is everybody fucking do- everybody got out of dodge when when Travis when uh when he left. But we're gonna be hanging out. So now, basically, we're gonna start the podcast from the beginning because he originally wasn't supposed to come on until nine, but he hit me up right before and said, "Hey, Pat, I'm free now." I'm like, "Dude, you want to come on? Let's do it." So we pretty, pretty much interviewed him. So the rest of the podcast, for those that want to hang out, is going to be some updates on Joe's time at Texas Frightmare and all the other stuff. Yeah. So we're going to start basically start the podcast now with our original usual shit. So I will I'll go first. Why not? We're going to do basically do. Um, although I'm halfway through my first beer, 
<laughs> do a quick beer review with my buddies. Oh, oh, I had an interesting weekend for those that I, my buddies know the whole story of how my son's car has been dead for six months at his college, at his college dorm. So we rented the U-Haul trailer yesterday and drove three hours to trailer it back. Oh, so that was so that was my entire day yesterday. And so before brutal. that, my brother came up to help me out. Shout out to my brother, Tom. Thank you for the help. But so I treated him. We went out Friday night to my favorite local brewery. And went to the Log Tavern Brewery and had some Harford Haze. Nice, nice, nice. I like I like anything black and white. That's cool. So shout out to Log Tavern Brewery. You want you want some good beer? You you cannot miss. They got nice guys. hoodies too. <laughs> and he bought and they had a different one. He just bought another one last night. He's like, oh, he did. Tell me. Yeah, he <laughs> got a awesome. different one. That, that he he goes in there with like three growlers. They know him. They was like, oh, you come to visit your brother? He's like, yep. He just goes there with his three growlers and they fill them up. That's badass. It's his awesome. favorite place. So that's what we did. Uh, and um, Brett didn't send me any beer. So I didn't, but I, here, I just put that there. I didn't get to send you the picture. My Caddyshack beer, the Bushwood. 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 Um, Bushwood, Bushwood or Dump? Bushwood or Dump? Hey, worry about me. Oh, dog in Ohio. I've had this, I think, during our watch-alongs. So Very yes, nice. Send me the picture, Pat, but that works. That's okay. Yeah. And. And Joe's doing his responsible Lagunitas Hoppy Refresher. Yeah, I still have to find it. I still tell you, man. You, you, you know, I have to look for that because I need to. The, after the last month or so, like, I need to go on the wagon. <laughs> like when you, when you, when you take a, when you take a sip, you get the hoppiness, and then you get a zip of sparkling water, and it's just overall refreshing. I mean, zero calories, zero carbs, gluten free. I mean, if you're trying to watch your weight, Pat, here you go. Here you go. Well, I want to watch my weight get smaller. I'm just watching it get bigger as we speak. And that seems to be the problem these days. So, Brought to you by that horror movie podcast. We got a sponsorship. I, should, I, I was there the other night hanging out with the, at the, with the old, uh, drinking beers with the owner of the log town. I like, hey, we, so I'm going to sponsor your beer this weekend. Help a brother out. I don't want any money. Just throw me a four pack. I'll be happy. Yeah. Contribute. So that is, um, that is our beer. And, uh, can I interrupt something really quick? Sure. Go right ahead. <laughs> Bite me. Do it. Do it. Do it. Head. Just do it. So I got the scent. It's from the Mafia boss, and it's a picture of a woman having a baby. And it says, had to settle for de- the husband saying, had to settle for delivery because someone didn't feel like cooking tonight. Look at this Damn. picture. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. <laughs> Pat, is that full Italian or what? <laughs> sorry, I'm, I had to interrupt on that. I'm sorry. That's funny. I, tried, I accidentally watched Phantasm after watching my uncle's copy of Batman. I asked the Phantasm thing. The two were oh, nice. Yeah, Phantasm. Oh. I, I watched it again last night because I was like, oh, we're going to review it. It's been a minute since I watched it. It's such yeah. a great movie, and it's great that he had that whole backstory and and he wrote the book on it. And especially Angus Scrim. I mean, mm-hmm. you can say what you want about that movie, but Don Coscarelli. Yeah, kudos for finding Angus Angus Scrim. That guy was perfect as the tall man. Now, how, many, how many phantasms are there? Were there six? Or yeah. Five? Uh-huh. I believe there's five or six. Is it five or six? 
I think it's six. I, I think I've only gone up to three. No joke. I I I know I've seen the three of them. I don't know about beyond that. I know they're pot they exist, but I don't think I've seen them. Ryan's what's up, Ryan? Needs, needs to get the rest in the kitchen. <laughs> get Papa that baby. Go make me a sandwich. A sandwich. Go make me a sandwich. Sandwich. So my new, so this week, uh, not too not, not too shabby a week. So I'll show my new stuff, which I think you guys got these too. I didn't get mine yet. Sorry, shock. You didn't oh. get your jet? No. So for those that pre-ordered the fight rags Halloween figures, the new ones just came out. So there is any bracket. And with the super, I love how they do this on the back of them. They personalize each one with the backstory and like that whole comic feel. Mm-hmm. And there is Sheriff Brackett. Nice. Same thing. And um, there's D- only, I'm sorry, there's only, five, there's only five phantasms. I, I, I was mistaken. There's only five. Is there five? Yeah. I've, five. I've, I think I've only seen the first three. <laughs> um, besides this, what else do I got? Oh, I picked that. this up. Oh, look Dude. at that. It looks like a Christine I, with a Halloween three morph. This is like in a, headlights. A, an original Italian theater poster for H three from eighty two. Now this this thing, like you see it. How big do you think this thing is? That's what oh. she said. But is that a thirty by forty? This is forty one by sixty. Damn. You that's know. how big this fucking thing is. It's 41 by It 60. also looks like it belongs in the realm of like Hellraiser or some shit. Like that looks Yeah, fucking... or evil Superman with the eyes. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Shooting the lasers. This is Le Sang de Sorcier. La Sang de Sorcier. I mean, it's Italian, too. Yeah, of course my, my yeah Steve, doesn't... I didn't get mine either, bud. I'm sorry. I see that, bud. <laughs> You didn't? Oh, you didn't get yours? Yeah, I was surprised because I'm usually the, I'm usually the fucking last guy that gets anything. I was pleasantly surprised that they actually showed up on time. I was like, I, wow. Know, I had the same thing, Pat, with that Stevie Wayne NECA figure. A few people were like, oh, I didn't get mine yet. I'm like, I don't know how that's all going. It's so like bizarre. random as hell. It's like fucking random. Oh, that's some good stuff there, my friend. Damn, that, Pat, that you had a good week, Pat. Out. That's a yeah, good that, week. That post, yeah, I was watching that post here for about a good week. I saw I spotted it on on eBay, and uh, thankfully the guy had the or best offer up there, and I was watching it to see if it. And I'm like, oh, there's there's two or three watchers, and I'm uh, watching you. <laughs> so I was of course I was sitting here one night. I think I think it was after one. I was chatting with one of you guys having a beer or two. I'm like, oh fuck it, let me throw this guy an offer. Lowballed him, took it. No shit. Yeah, sometimes they see the money right there. Ah, you know what? I need to pay for some dental work. Let's go. Yeah, I yeah. never get that fucking lucky, man. Seriously. Never. So okay. Oh, GK, you didn't get yours either. Wow. Damn, I feel important. You see, I'm the last fucking guy. I don't even think I got a shipping confirmation. Or did you guys even get a shipping confirmation? Oh, I I did. I got a I got a confirmation. It it was released and everything. I'm damn. I feel finally. I'm not at the bottom of the list. Hey, my package (laughs) didn't show up all fucked up. I was excited about that. Joe was just like, you know what? At least somebody didn't step on my shit. Yeah, at least somebody didn't destroy my shit. You guys ordered (laughs) double order too, right? Did you do two two? Two of each, two or no? I usually no. don't because I usually don't open them up. I only got Just one set. One. Yeah. Got one Maybe set. that's why I didn't get mine yet, too. I don't know. Maybe. I'm pissed because I just missed getting one of those bracket of those two in, first. Uh, the, the two of them signed. I was a week yeah. late. That would have been cool to have all three of them sign them. Ah, uh, you still got a good chance, buddy. Yeah, that's true. GK, I, that is true. Yeah, Fright Rags. Actually, Fright Rags is in Rochester where my son used to go to college. Grew up in Rochester, so maybe uh, Chicago Boogeyman got his too. I think I saw. Yeah, yeah, I saw Brian. Shout out to Brian Brian. if he's watching. I saw he posted his. He got his. I was like, all right. Uh, 
I don't know. <laughs> Maybe because it's two. Who cares? I don't know. <laughs> so they'll be available. Uh, they'll look at the first ones were available for quite a while. Oh, Brett's got Brett's got some good. And, and after all this time, finally the Stevie Wayne fog figures out. The Stevie Wayne fog figure, yeah, that's uh, oh. and she'll be around. She does conventions. Can't wait to get that thing signed. That turned out really nice. And you guys know about that Halloween Five Trick or Treat Studios one. I got a good deal oh, on yeah. that. That was a good deal. Yeah, oh, honestly, I, I don't bucks have, with shipping. <laughs> I don't have four and five, but I've, if I got them for a real sweet deal, I would take them. Yeah, yeah, and um, I, I did get Halloween Two, and it's on its way. I showed you guys, told you guys that was a that good deal that you got yes. on Halloween Two. Good man, real good deal. Get them signed. Those are Best Buy exclusive steel books for Rocky Two, Three, and Four. And Rocky Four—that's the only way you could see that, besides paying for it on Amazon Prime. The uh, Stallone's director's cut. He did the alternate cut of Rocky. The alternate cut, yeah. It's nice. still really good to watch if anybody hasn't seen it. No, uh, I, I have to watch. So I, maybe that would be a good. Maybe that'd be a good uh, watch along, or you guys watch it first. Guys, watch that. As a Is that part. so? You can only get you can only get it from that version. Uh, on physical cut? media, it's on Prime. It's a so, Prime okay. so if if we said we wanted to do it, I could get it on Prime. Prime. Uh -huh. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would love. I'd do it. Yeah, in a heartbeat. I'd pay for it just to see. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Adrian Barbeau is going to be here in Houston in August. Um, so I want to probably get that figure and have her sign it, hopefully. Joe, look at Shout Factory because I think some of the – you could still get the Fog Discs with the uh... – Oh, you mean the whole package? Like the like, Well, there's like four or five different packages you could buy. You could find a cheaper uh, one if you don't want to buy like the gigantic, enormous one. I only bought – I bought the Steelbook version. So mm -hmm. it's like the steelbook in a figure. I think it was like 70 something bucks. So. Hey, I'm going to look it up right now. Cause I know the, the figure sold out like a fucking bastard. The figure by itself sold out. You're right. Yeah. Gone, so. man. Let me go back. I'm going to go look. Cause I would love to get her signature. You know what I'm saying? And, you know what I'm saying? and Joe, Joe had a laundry list of shit that he said. So let's go we're, check we're, it out. We're on a good oh. streak right now. Oh, okay. So this bastard we found today. Cause as y'all know, I'm still not, you know, a hundred percent, but you know, I was sick for a while and I couldn't go on my normal hunts. And this was something that I had got the Herman Munster figure. And this one was released and we couldn't find it anywhere and couldn't go. We went to two targets today and I, we found this one uh, on the second trip. And it was buried behind like a bunch of other shit. So look at that new. Somebody was trying to hide it, huh? Yes, it was. Say what you will about that movie, but Daniel Roebuck was he, phenomenal. He was well. one yes. of the high points of the movie. Yes, he, he was, was. I, in my opinion, between him as Grandpa and um, Richard Brake as uh, Count Olaf, Amazing. they stole. They stole the movie. They stole the and movie. He he deserves his own fucking character or him his figure because he's he's earned it, man. Like he's a big fan in the whole realm. He's a collector. He's a good actor. He mm -hmm. deserved it, man. And I remember I saw a video of him being super excited that he has his own figure now. Like, imagine that's that. Awesome. Like, yeah. I think he's coming to Days of the Dead. I might have to get that figure. <laughs> Dude, it is so cool. I, I just need Lady Lily now. We just need Lily. We're just waiting for Lily. Lily. Lily, Lily. Joe's also got the... Oh. So we went to uh, Frightmare, of course. And then we... the first. So when we first walked in, right, after waiting in line for fucking ever... We went in, we took a left, and as soon as you take a left, there was Trick or Treat Studios. They had their booth. Oh, yeah. So we went to Trick or Treat Studios, and these were the first. Uh, on the far left, you can't see it. Um, it had just released a Captain Spaulding figure, and they had all these four there on the shelves, and they had the little case that you can buy, um, and you can actually build, uh, was it Tiny, I think? Um, but I, I only bought these four. Look how badass they are. You got Do they Otis. have a... Is there a tiny figure? 
No, so you have to buy. So you buy all five figures, and then you buy this little uh, carrying case. And you in the carrying case, you can. They all build tiny. Like each component helps oh, you buy okay. a piece of it. Like, no kidding. Yeah, wow. Yeah, but you have to buy the case. So it's like, I'm not buying the case. MB looked at me and she's like, "You I don't need that." Doctor Satan. <laughs> like, all right, I'll get it later when you're not looking. Wow, <laughs> that's cool. And Joe got the th he got the three pack. Got the three pack. I uh, I, I was really happy that it didn't show up all banged up, and you know, I, I was a little sad that I couldn't get Annie and and you know Sheriff Brackett signatures, but you know, got me a little patient. We'll, we'll wait and see. Um, but yeah, they turned out great. I mean, the artwork for Bracket is is incredible. Yeah. You see, like he looks really badass, like in he the, looks great. In the, the flashlight. And everything, the <laughs> flashlight yeah. looks fucking amazing. Yeah. He looks killer. I was like, all right. I still want my. I still. Uh, hey. I, he wasn't gonna go with a dead will. dog. <laughs> I was gonna say, call me what you will. I still want my Lester. I want my Lester or the dead dog uh, figure. That's awesome. They're going to have to start coming out with cars next, right? Even though we would never open them, right? Just get the car. Shout out to Sight Rags because Joe was nervous about getting his... I don't want to talk dirty. Joe was nervous about getting his package damaged. But shout out to Fight Rags. They always pack things very, very well. Yes, they do. I will give them that. They do. They always do. So give them props. Not that they're watching and they can give a shit less about me. Oh, and he got the wallet. So Trick or Treat Studios also had uh, the wallet there. Uh, no bags though; bags were sold out. And I was like, "Man, look at the the wallet! It just looks so badass." I know you you how cool it is it? It is amazing. It is good quality, and I even might want to use it a couple times. Fuck it! I, I honestly, I might have to switch up my bad motherfucker one with this. You know one. I would. My <laughs> problem is, it, it's too big to fit in my pocket. Which no, this sounds dirty. It's always dirty. Your, with me. It's your Seinfeld style wall. Make it thick, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's like the George Costanza wallet. It's it's oh, just yeah. a little bit too big to put in my pocket. Otherwise, I'd get a second one and use it myself because I think it's awesome. It's great. It's awesome. So that's, that's cool. Great quality. Stop it's it. Three buttons, is that right? Stop it. When you're <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh man. And see, Joe also got um oh okay. So, all right. So I had ordered these on eBay before our trip. Um, and when I came home, they were in the mailbox. And y'all know we did that episode of All My Toonie Terrors. I found on eBay uh, one of the specialties, the bloody leather face, the loot crate edition. Uh, found him on eBay. He was at home waiting for me from my trip. And look at that. He's so pretty. He just fits in like a dirty shirt. Look at him. Looks like looks like he looks like me with the, with the beer belly after I just ate pasta. Oh, oh. I spilled it all over myself. The limited one is that right? Yeah, it's the loot crate edition. So oh, this crate. one, okay. yeah, it's um, it's not like the regular ones that you find at the at the stores. Sure. These had like a limited release. So these are kind of like the chases, so to speak. Mm. But speaking of chase, um, so of the Toonie Terrors figures. The chase figure is the glow in the dark, the nun, which is the one right there. Oh, um, wow. so I bought that one too on eBay uh, for a pretty good deal. So it just so happened that the ones that I was watching, they actually came up for to be pretty good deals. So I finally got the chase. And so there's only one I'm missing and it's the bloody Pennywise from the, the new one, the new remake. So other than that, I have all of the Toonie terrors. Yeah, I just need that bloody Pennywise. Oh, you could have gotten that one autographed, or you don't care to get those signed as much. No, yeah, I don't care. Not as much. Okay. Um, but look at this. Okay, so 
we went to Frightmare not thinking we were going to get the signature because of the whole ticket fiasco and what have you. Um, so we were on a budget and we ended up making it happen. We got in line and we were able to get John Carpenter's signature here. Uh, so that was pretty badass. And then we got it authentic. Uh, what do you call it? Authenticated. Yeah, you got a JSA. That's a JSA. JSA. So that was pretty cool. James Spence. Got to put that in the frame. And then, of course, uh, Nick Castle. Um, he had a nice, some nice pictures and everything with him and the mask with Dr. Pepper can and all that shit. But I couldn't think of a better uh, photo to get it signed. Look at that. The most iconic kill in horror film franchise history. My uh, favorite. The best right there. So we added that to the little notebook. So that was fun. And I think, was there one? Oh, there was yeah, the poster. That's right. The Big Day yes. Live poster. So oh Mondo, God. of course, you walk, you go, you lead, you walk away to the left from the trick or treat booth. You walk up a little bit further, and there was Mondo, and they had some new releases, and this was one that I just couldn't pass up, man. So this was the first line we got in to start our Texas Frightmare Adventures. Got in awesome. line to to buy it, and then as soon as we bought it, uh, went in line to see Keith David, and he signed it. So I have that signed by Keith That's David. That's a beaut. Man, man, I gotta get a. a it's a butte, Clark. It's a butte. It's at eighteen twenty-four, right, Joe? It's, I think uh -huh. it's eighteen twenty-four. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Be prepared if you're Mondo. Uh, if it's like age forty, oh god. Oh gosh. <laughs> they Ugh. they were giving rid of stuff, or they were selling stuff every hour. Or so, man, they they were popping until they they sold out of everything, and then their line just <laughs> Saturday they were done. They were done. I yeah. love those Mondo prints, man. Then I missed the boat, and I I, I won't even buy them now because I there's no way I'll ever collect them. To pay that yeah. amount of money, people, you know what people do? They hoard them, so it's it's yeah. a real bad market to be a part of. Thanks, GK. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, Love, GK, awesome. we did good, bud. Yeah, oh. it's true. Awesome, shite, dude. So we're gonna. So obviously, we tailored it around um, Dustin being there tonight, but he couldn't stay for everything. Which he kind of met. He's like, I'll, originally, he wasn't supposed to be here till nine o'clock, but it was great that he gave us all the time he could, and. um we kind of worked do, out uh, in a weird way, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Every week weird. we do a movie review, and I've, we talked about doing Phantasm because of his love of Phantasm. So we're going to do our quick movie review of Phantasm. So funny story last night. Um, I told you, I, I, for those that don't know, my, my son's car had been dead up at his college for the past six months. So yesterday we rented a U-Haul flatbed and uh, attached it to my truck. And we went out three hours to his college and, and drove that piece of shit. Now it's probably just going to be, become a plant <laughs> in my driveway because my son didn't want to get rid of it because he's a hoarder. Won't get rid of anything. So um, shit, where was I going with this? Oh, so last night I was exhausted. Everybody went to bed and I was sitting down here. I'd fallen asleep upstairs. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go downstairs, get some shit ready for the podcast and some other stuff I'm working on. And I'm like, you know what? We're just gonna review Phantasm. I know the movie pretty well, but I'm like, oh, okay, it's on Tubi for free. So let me just throw it on. I put it on, and it said as soon as Don Coscarelli's name came on, I was like, Good night. <laughs> I had two two sittings cold. with it, Pat. Same thing. Two sittings. I was I was out. I woke up this morning and the TV was just like showing like you know like the the screensaver. I'm like, wow, that, that was a good review. <laughs> I mean, I know the I know the movie enough to give it a good review, so I'll go first. Um, 
Now, this was a fun, this was a surprise to me back in the day, because I remember going back to the early 80s when my cousins and I would just go up to the to the video. Was, the video store near me was called Video Plus. It yeah. was in the next town over for me. It was in uh, Cliffside Park where they filmed Big, the movie Big from Tom Hanks. So it was right on the main drag up there. So we used to go up there, ride our bikes and rent movies. And the guy, the guy was kind of cool because he knew us. He, we weren't troublemakers. So he let us rent rated our movies. Uh, giving mm. us a hard time. So I remember we're looking and we're renting all these different movies, and we're like, and we, if you remember the cover, I, I don't have, the, I have the VHS somewhere. The cover is all red, and it shows them like this. The whole, you know what I'm talking about. I think it's probably the poster too. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like this, like this looks pretty good. Let's take this home and rent it. And we watched it, and what a fun movie! Is it's yeah. just a fun movie. Now, albeit. I don't know the whole lore about around Phantasm to really understand the whole ending part of it, whether it was a dream. I mean, I know if you watch it, you kind of think it was a dream because he wakes up and his brother is dead and mm -hmm. Reggie's the guy that's really caring for him. But then he's in his bed towards the end and, you know, we see him come out of the mirror and it's like he takes him. So like was parts of it a dream? Maybe people would know better than I, but, uh, to me, it's it's great. It's got one of the cutest blondes I loved at the time. The the blonde girl whose mother was the uh, grandmother was the um, like mystic woman. Mm -hmm. Remember the mm -hmm. cute blonde, and then oh, she yeah. goes for some stupid reason. She goes there and then she gets killed. Yeah, she ends up going mm -hmm. there, and you're like, well, what the fuck did you do that for? The lady in lavender is that right? Is that her? No, is that what her name was? She was Kathy the, she was Lester's. The, the uh, she was the grandmother, and the blonde was so, oh, so cute. And the other two girls later on that was that were like minding him, and they ended up getting killed. Yeah, yeah, they were cute. Now, so. yeah. yeah, but to me, this movie was a mixture of fun, sci-fi, and comedy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because uh, the, the scares are somewhat happening. Somewhat there. It, to me, it wasn't. It was not a scary movie, as far as I'm concerned. To me, it was more of a fun movie. So the part, like I was telling Dustin when he was here earlier, and Brett was not. To this day, I'll be out somewhere with my with my cousin. My cousin will put his hand on my shoulder, and be like, "The funeral's about to begin, sir." Sure. And and we'll just laugh. My wife's like, "What the fuck?" And uh, we'll just look at each other and we'll like, "Say, I'm like, I was no gopher." Remember what with the finger? Yeah, he's like, oh, it was a, probably a gopher. It was no gopher, and eventually the finger, when he traps the finger in the little box, uh -huh. it becomes that it becomes that really creepy looking fly that yeah. comes. Yep. In. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, I love it. Reggie walks in like, hey, what's going on? He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, I mean, I, it's not a review of the entire movie. I can go on because I, I love this movie. It's a lot of fun. So for me, this movie is nostalgic. It's fun. It's definitely it, it reeks of eighties, but it actually came out in seventy nine. Seventy nine. It, yep. it reeks of that eighties vibe. Um, shout out to Don Coscarelli because it's a lot of fun. It's got a really good soundtrack too. Like the, like the creepy music is very Carpenter esque if you listen to it. So for me, if, if we're our usual, you know, one through five, I'd give this a solid four. Oh wow. Okay. One through five, we're going out of five. Oh, okay. Are we doing one through five, or we're we gonna do one part one through ten? What do you what? Do, oh, Jesus, I don't even remember now because I just did my <laughs> review. The reviews I'm doing now that I just did my review of the Warriors, I just finished Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, and I was doing one through four. So we do one through ten on this, right? Yeah, so if we, so if we do one through ten, I'll give it a solid 8.5. There you oh, go. Oh, very nice. Well, it gives it an extra half there. You See, I, I, I know my arithmetic, I can do I can do uh, I can average I, it off. <laughs> That's funny. 
You want to go next up, Brady, or you want me to go? You go, Joe. All right. Well, I, I got to say, oh. I, I remember uh, watching this movie countless times as a kid, and the freaking Sentinel, I mean, it would, it would like the scenes were shh, and the death scene where it stabs that guy in the forehead and it's fucking shooting Oh, God. Blood. The ball. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That scene in itself kind of was worth the price of admission, admission for this film. Uh, because I really, when you're younger, you don't really understand it. And even as an adult now, I don't really understand the ending. Um, but I just remember the how badass that kid was. And he was very courageous and he really didn't take no shit. And, you know, the tall man was, was very creepy. The little fucking what, dwarf zombies, whatever the fuck they were. Like, those little Ewoks. bastards, the little Ewoks were creepy. They come out of the box. <laughs> yeah, it's like... <laughs> When you when you think of something that's different, when you think of entertaining, when you think of a different rea- like realm of, of possibilities, Phantasm gave you that. Um, it wasn't just your you know standard like slasher. I remember you know I got in trouble for watching it because in the opening scene, you know that girl has her booby pop out, yep. and it's a tall man because you know disguised as a, as that girl. A nice tits, yeah. Yeah, and very, they concentrated on the legs in that scene quite a lot. Yeah, long. yeah, they really did. <laughs> And, you know, it was, I remember getting in trouble for watching that. And I was like, I didn't know. I Phantasm. I'm thinking like Disney, fantasy, you know, I didn't know, you know. <laughs> so I can remember this movie always being a big influence growing up and always on HBO growing up. Um, and so for me, it's got to be, it's got to be, oh my gosh, out of 10. I got to give it an eight out of 10. Because the first one, because the first one is the, the first best. one. Yeah, we're just the first one. The, first one, the, first one, one. Yeah. the rest of them. I a lot of people like two a lot more than one. I haven't seen two in God knows how long. I two was a good sequel, yeah. and for those that like it more, and I respect their opinion, but I'm the first. Yeah, one two is two is decent, but it to it's me, fun it's watch. Not, yeah, it's not better than the first, but it is good. Yeah, yeah. and th- this is and good shout out to uh, Steve. Steve, tall man is a woman, kind of normal nowadays. I'm looking at you, Bruce Caitlyn Jenner. What <laughs> I have to say uh, is, yeah, I, there you go. Hey, look, I'm hard up enough, man. If the tall man looked like her, I'd like, yeah, I'll do her. I'll do him, whatever. She was hey, cute that's as how hell. He, that's how he got his victims, though. That's how she he, was, he lured him in. She was cute as hell. I'll give her that. And she had some nice, she had some nice um, lungs. <laughs> Very nice. That is nice. It's well, nice. This this movie, um, I did not watch it right away before I got nowhere. I caught it later on in life and... Uh, I, I can see why it's got a following. There's no doubt about it. Um, a, easily, Reggie Bannister and Angus Scrim really make this series, right? As the tall yes. man. They're mm-hmm. the two that, they're the backbones of the series here. But I'll tell you, there's that one scene where he's <clears throat> got his back behind the walls in the, you know, in the funeral part, and they, they crawl and take him in. Oh, God, that got me yeah. when I first saw that. That was creepy. Yeah, that was very creepy. Um, I guess what it boils down to is, the sequels don't really maybe make the first one as good. It's been a long time since I've seen it, though, guys. Uh, I, I want to explore it again. I watched it, like Pat said. I was halfway through it. <laughs> fall asleep. Then I watched it, the second half of it, halfway through it again. So if I got to give it a review from what I like, it, I'm going to give it a seven. Solid seven. There you go. Not a bad review. Not bad at all. Yeah. yeah I, great it movie. moves a little slow a bit at first, but then it really starts picking up. And I, I laugh at the silly stuff, you know, when he falls off the motorcycle as he's riding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it to me, it's a very um, later second and third act movie. That's where it really picks up. I should say Don Cascarelli too. He's the guy that obviously wrote and directed it, so it's his. 
It's his beast. Yeah, let us know in the chat. Let us know uh, after the fact. What do you guys think of Phantasm? I mean, great, fun, fun movie, classic, nostalgic, and um, shout out to uh, the late great Angus Grimm. When was Phantasm wow. two? How much? For, um, I'm looking it up here. So it was. Look it up. Wow, I, it was nine years later. There was yeah, nine it wasn't, years between movies. Granted, because wow. I remember when I you remember back in the early '80s, Phantasm was not a hit because most B movies did not become hits. Because yeah. a lot of them were direct to video, and, or was, they had limited screen time, or they were like drive-in theater movies. You know, very Halloween could have had the same fate, but it fortunately it took a different uh, direction. And is it one mm. of the signatures they do in all of them? Is the definition of phantasm at the beginning? Isn't that the big thing they do at the beginning mm-hmm. of every single one, or at least the first two I know of? Right, mm-hmm. they got the definition. Yeah. The first, well, the first movie doesn't have any definitions mm-hmm. in front of it. I thought it has the phantasm de- definition at the beginning. No, no, no. Some on the very beginning. The very beginning, it says it says the name of the movie Phantasm, but but then it goes directly to the scene of the morning. Maybe sign I'm, maybe I'm building. getting the second movie mixed up. <laughs> hmm. Phantasm three. Phantasm three was 1994. Good lord. Got me thinking now. I think I saw Phantasm 4. That's a 98. I've seen the, I know I've seen two and I know I've seen three, but I don't think I've seen anything beyond that. Wow, Phantasm. What it was, uh, the what was the one? one... Was 2016. Holy cow. So if you guys have seen the other ones or anybody in the chat, let me know. Um, more after the fact. I did see the, what was the one where it's like he's going back. It's almost like an alternate reality where he's seeing the origin of. The tall man, and he's seen him as a family man. Is that the and, fourth one? And his no. brother uh, is actually corrupted, and he's like almost like the tall man in it. What one was that? Wow, the last one they made was in 2016. Daniel Roebuck I, was in it. <laughs> I saw that one, and I, I I think that might have been four. I think it was Phantasm Four. Yeah, that Oblivion, was right? I saw. That might have been travels through time. Mike travels through time and dimensions. He travels through time. And he, he goes origin. back and he sees a tall man and as a family man and everything. I think I've actually seen this one too, Pat. Yeah, that one, I remember the cover. That might be that the cover, last one I saw. That cover is very extinct. That cover. That's yeah. That's mm-hmm. the last one I saw, and that was the one where they travel back in time, which actually was a pretty cool concept because you got to see tall man and sort of his. It's almost like an origin backstory of the tall man. That's which is pretty cool. Steve Don says he did them all except for the last one, but he did write the last. Well, some actually, I know. Well, I went on Tubi last night, and Phantasm the original was on Tubi, so I don't, there might be a few more that are free. And quite honestly, not to say that they suck, but I wouldn't pay for them. <laughs> so if they're <laughs> free, if they're free, I'll watch them. And now we'll maybe talk about you guys it. knew this. They made an animated movie too, Extinction, in twenty seventeen. Oh. No, did not I did know not know that. that. They made an no, animated that. Phantasm. Yeah, it's an hour one. Did not know, know about that. that one. I was not aware of that. I was not aware of that. Phantasm extinction. Look at that thing. I did not know. I did not know anything about very, that. Very nice. Very cool. nice. How much? <laughs> very nice. How much? And then, so let's uh we'll move on. So that where that was our movie review. Let us know what you think Ooh. of Phantasm in the chat. Let us know after the fact. Pull our finger. Whatever whatever you feel the need to do. Mm-hmm. That is our movie review of this week. And then we're both we're all we all try to find new things to watch and see. And let's, what did you guys watch this week?
I didn't watch anything out of the ordinary except um, I did watch the beginning credits of uh, Phantasm last night. Very that was nice. About as far as I got. Um, then I did watch. Uh, don't ask me why. I was sitting down the other night having a beer, and I went on, went on, I was on Pluto because that's life to watch. Sat through Valley Girl again because Valley Girl is a movie of my youth, which I <laughs> love. Valley Girl, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Everybody knows my love of Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, my favorite Very in the nice. franchise. And I did go back. If those uh, not not to be a shameless plug whore, I just did do my review of the Warriors, and I just did my uh, latest review, which will be out later this week. Of Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, a for TV movie with Kim nice. Darby, Deborah mm. Deborah Myers from part six which was actually uh i was telling dustin i'm doing it now it's very i'm going through all the nostalgia first to get it out of the way nostalgia of course uh, the warriors which my buddies here know the nostalgia behind it mm-hmm. and don't be Amazing. afraid of the dark was the first horror movie i ever saw so i thought like, you know what why not start at the beginning and say this is the movie the first horror movie i ever saw scared the shit out of me it became made me turn me into this wacko that bold, yeah. psychotic son of a bitch that I am now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we still love you. You still love me. That's why you guys have a screw loose, because you still like me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I watched a bunch of random shit. Uh, we did a, a Yellowstone marathon. So we just finished the first season. Uh, and we're like on season two, episode two. Some shit like that. And it's good. Have y'all seen Yellowstone yet? I started you know watching it too, Joe. Yep. I have to because oh, I did. Bro. You've mentioned it before, and other people have told me about it. And I try to find, I'm trying to find a time. Oh. That might be, um, because, and I've told my wife about it. She's interested. So that might be like a cold weather thing. I think when the cold oh, weather man. comes around, me and the wife sit around more and watch TV. I, I think we're going to binge watch Yellowstone. So is so much it, to binge is watch, it finished yeah. or yeah. is it still going? It's still going. There's okay. so they're, they're they're doing a part two of the last season. So it's going to resume soon, but it's the it's the last season. So five seasons and then they're done. It's already been announced. Um, but no, the episodes are dude. They just seems like there's a lot of trouble that goes on in this damn town, and everybody's greedy Always and everybody is. wants. To steal. It's just it's really good. It's good TV. Fuck yeah, it. and I think Costner's leaving. Right? They're, they're losing a couple yeah. of different people. Yeah, I think he's Audi, and he's the best part. That's my opinion. Um, but so we watched that and then I watched uh, Blazing Saddles uh, because they just put it on uh, um, Prime. So I'm fucking, I watched it. <laughs> Excuse me while I whip this out. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> then I watched. Uh, we Happy will do Day. a watch along if we get thrown off YouTube. So be it. We will, we will be doing a watch along <laughs> of Blazing Saddles. And my son's like, I will be there. That's right. <laughs> Then uh, y'all, y'all will like this one. I watched uh, Happy Gilmore. So Happy Gilmore, it's, it's all jacket, in the hit. Green jacket. Who gives a shit? <laughs> you know? Um, and I know I watched the horror movie, but I can't, I can't think off the top of my head what the hell it was. Uh, it left me for some reason. But yeah, it was mostly predominantly comedy and then some Yellowstone. So. Nice. So Steve's saying Phantasm, eight out of ten. Yeah, that's respectful. I like Phantasm. The, the original one is a lot of fun. You know, it's. It's, mm-hmm. To me, it's just it's just nostalgic yeah. as fuck. There's a reason the first two are considered classics; the rest are never brought up. Yeah, the first two are good, but I, the one number, I, like I think Brett mentioned number four, was the one where he travels back in time. I actually enjoyed that one. Oblivion. Yeah, I mean, yeah it, mm. it was a little weird how um, the brother became the evil one, which was a little odd, but uh, it was it was interesting uh, to say the least. 
So get the opening credits of Idle Hands with the bodies and the blood scared the crap out of me. Idle Hands, go back and watch. Well, I think Travis is he's great. He always watches. We I did our review know, of Idle Hands. Idle Hands was a lot of fun. Phantasm works for like it, it makes you think of like how Fright Night is. You know, he's the kid's trying to wonder what the hell's going on in the house. What the hell's going yeah. on at this funeral parlor, right? So it's just the uh yeah. mystique of what's going on and the buildup of what it it's is. it's that wondering what's going on. We can, yeah. we can equate it to one of our three of our favorite, all three of us, one of our favorites. What's going on in there? Fright night. Yeah. Yeah. He, he wants sure. to know what the fuck's going on next door. Yeah. Might have to watch that movie. <laughs> watch a lot. Oh, God. What a great yeah. movie. He's, Steve said, I watched H3, H ends. And it's, oh, so, so save your energy, Steve, because we're right. watching Halloween Kills on Tuesday night for our watch along. That's going to be fun. That'll be fun. Oh, yeah. I'm joining us for Halloween Kills on Tuesday night at 9 Eastern. Halloween kills it. Halloween kills that bitch. <laughs> what, you, what so, about you, Brett? What, what's oh, you, Brett? Yeah, two two nights of Phantasm, half asleep, which <laughs> next time might have to figure that out. <laughs> um, I finished Barry. That ended last weekend. And still watch that show, guys, if you haven't seen it. It ended quite uh, interestingly, so. I've watched know, a couple episodes. I got to watch it all, though, man. I got to watch because they're short. Like some people might say, oh, it wasn't that great. But if you go get all the way through it, I think you'll say, you know what? That was entertaining. So yeah. there's some random episodes throughout that. You'll just <laughs> they'll stick in your head. You'll be like, that's one of the wildest things you've seen. <laughs> so Ted, Ted Lasso ended. You know, Ted Lasso is going to looks like it's going to be a spinoff of some sort. But uh, we'll see. So Ted Lasso ended very well. I've been watching FUBAR with Arnold. I'm telling you, any Arnold fans I, out there? Ah, we were almost there. Almost gonna, once we're doing Yellowstone, we're getting Come Fubar. on, get to it now. <laughs> Have you watched the Stallone thing with him and his family yet? I haven't watched it yet. I no, did not daughter, watch you know, the reality but I show. Want to. I, 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 I've been, I've, that's one I want to watch, and admittedly, I just haven't had the chance it's, to watch it's that. It's on Paramount. Curious, is Stop it Paramount? Paramount. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's it. At least... Uh, I'm tired of paying for all these fucking services, but I it looks pretty cool. So I just it wasn't sure if either of you guys watched it. Yeah, I was curious. Not if they yet. Did. I will check it out, obviously for obvious reasons. So. <laughs> no, no, not no. You. no. I did. No. I sent you guys the messages when I got those Blu-rays. I turned on that Rocky versus Drago just to watch that as I was working. So I watched that again. That's a different cut. I was. I have a new TV in my garage, and we were playing basketball. We turned on Teen Wolf. Good bad. Oh, Teen Wolf was on. And so you know that song they play at the end. It's like so addicting. So God, my son yeah, and I are that is like a one on one have, with that song. When he makes the win best in the end. Yes. <laughs> I have to revisit that movie. It's been I probably oh, haven't seen God. it in 20, 30 I love it when time. he jumps and chubs his arms. Like it's yep. so good. Oh my God. And then you got that one guy that's such a jag off on the tube. It's all your fault, Howard. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got, you know, stuff or chubs, you know, steals Pee Wee's bike, you know, that guy. Right. He eats the coin and the leprechaun. I forgot the actor's name. He's the best. That guy's no, awesome. I'm going to tell you, when I, I met Michael J. Fox, everybody's getting back to the future stuff signed. I brought a Teen Wolf poster up to him. He's like, oh, this is so different. Yes. <laughs> he actually commented about it. I was like, that's awesome. But yeah, that's what I watched. Teen Wolf is a, a childhood favorite. Did so. you Have you guys seen it yet? I haven't seen uh, Fast. I, I, not to piss on anybody's uh, stuff. I am the furthest person from a fan of the Fast and Furious movies. I couldn't get through the first one, to be honest with you. So anybody seen Fast Aren't they going X? to space with the cars now or something like that? So I have not. So how was Fast X? I'm just curious. I, I did not watch it. I only liked the first one. That's and that's it. 
Yeah, I didn't even get through the first one. Doesn't do anything for me. So. Rock is in a post credit scene, so we'll see how that goes. I haven't seen it yet. When at the end? Blake knows it. That's it's a great song. When is it going to end? This whole fast look at Joe the hard guy. He's going to rewatch Halloween Five. Oh, I, 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 not to go back to um, Dustin McNeil. I love it, but he brought up the soundtrack to Halloween Five. I love those songs that are on the first side of the soundtrack. Oh yeah, I love the song those songs. When, uh, Ellie Cornell's going in the in the shower. That song, right? Um, oh, are you yeah. thinking that, of that is, song? Um, uh, that's Romeo Romeo. <laughs> and, and, and I, I'm a, that's why it's like my wife be like, I am embarrassed to be married to you. How do you know the shit? I love that first sight. All those like cheesy songs, and it's great that he brought that up. So I love that he loved that stuff. That's awesome. And fast, oh, they battle the decepts. decepts <laughs> Oh, that's funny. I, honestly, I, oh, and, and like I don't knock the franchise. It's not for me. If you love the Fast and Furious franchise, I applaud you. That's awesome. I tried to sit down and watch the first one halfway through it. I'm like, you know what? I need a beer. I gotta go. I'm, I'm now, honestly this wasn't for, this wasn't for me. Wasn't for I, me. I, I haven't watched it in three movies. I think. I, I think after they did the Paul Walker double person for him, like his brother. That's the last time I watched it. And my my daughter is the biggest fan of this franchise. And I can't stand it. I can't fucking stand it. it just it did is... nothing for me. I'm sorry. Yeah. And and I and and Diesel needs to start doing something else. If people love it, it, more power to you. I, I would never knock anybody for their opinion. Everybody's got an opinion. They're like hey, assholes. Well, he hey, making... Halloween Five's good out there. Okay. Who I think Halloween we'll Five. We'll yeah, we'll see Vin Diesel doing more because he's not getting paid for I Am Groot anymore. So I we'll am, see him. I am Groot. It's like a yeah. made for Groot. <laughs> Maybe he'll do uh, as my daughter said because she didn't read it right. The Pacific or two. Yeah, the Pacific. <laughs> you know what? I wish he would go back to do uh, pitch black movies. Remember oh, movie you like that character? What's his name? Uh, 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 damn, with the eyes. Uh, is Cage, right? Or is no. that his name? No, that's. Oh, you're talking about Triple X. Uh, oh, Zay, Xander Cage, uh, but I'm talking about uh, Pitch Black. You remember? You remember that movie? Or oh, Pitch like, Black's the first one. Yeah, where they yeah. yeah they can't see those things in the dark. Yeah, yes, that was yes. his first one. But he did three or four yes. of those movies. Yeah, he did. A, I want him to go back to something like that, like more of a you know that. Is a really good analogy, Blake. I Riddick, Chronicles of Riddick. There you go, Blake. Yeah, there you was go. Nope. There was a fourteen-year-old who said it was a Point Break ripoff, and they never made another one. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It, to me, it was a. I love Point Break. To me, I, I the think, original I think Point Break is a the original. The original with with Swayze and um, hey, you never you never put your gun in the air and go ah. <laughs> what movie? You never put your gun in the air and go ah. I'm gonna let that's a little trivia. Okay, what is that? I should know that. It's a it's a comedy movie. But... <laughs> Joseph Vin Diesel the Halloween movie. Vin Diesel oh, no. Halloween movie. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Well, Evil you know... dies tonight, but you got if you ain't first, you're last. Oh, that's right. I can see. I can see him. <laughs> I can see the casting agent now. Okay, read scene one. Say Michael uh, uh, trick or treat motherfucker. See how he you says know it. the <laughs> you know the ending to um, Teen Wolf pretty well, Joe. At least you know oh. how there's the big blooper at the end. Yes, with the pants. So yes. my wife knows there's like, you know, there's like a lore about that. Like it's unintentional or it's intentional. Or nothing happens. Have you heard about the ending of that, Pat, with this guy in the stands in the bleachers? No. His pants no. are open and his, uh, hey, yeah, we something's were... hanging out. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, it hey, was there you like, go, Blake. 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you never put your gun in the air and go, ah. Oh, Shaun of the Dead, that's one of Joe's I should Bates know that. Hot Fuzz is a great film, too. And it, Joe, I like Hot Fuzz more than Shaun of the Dead. That might be sacrilegious. If so. No, 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 no. I love them all. I love the Cornetto, Cornetto trilogy. I love them all. <laughs> yeah, this wiener out. <laughs> and you see, I'm, like, I'm gonna tell you right now when when the stream is over, I'm gonna go excuse me, my garage, oh, have I a cigar, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna, I'm gonna YouTube it right now because like, not that I want to see somebody's dick. Because, <laughs> I'm just curious to see it. <laughs> my wife's just start. like, you're not gonna pause that. I'm like, in front of our eight year old son. <laughs> I have I, honestly, guys, I didn't really notice it. I probably the last time I saw Teen Wolf is probably the last time I watched Howard the Duck. For oh God! Here we go. I love Howard the Duck. Oh. So you're looking at thirty some odd years ago. <laughs> Harry, Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's good stuff. But yeah, uh, Teen, Teen Wolf two. I might have to check out again, but I know it's horrible. <laughs> uh oh. Did somebody that? message me? I was just saying, no, it's, it's Joe. It's Joe. I'm like who's messaging me? It's me. me. <laughs> The second video is the is the one I think it has it all, but it's fucking funny, dude. Oh my god. Speaking gosh. of hot fuzz, Joe, look if you, you can always look at old posters on Mondo's website. Look at the hot fuzz ones. I was able to get one of the releases. There's some real oh. nice hot fuzz arts on there. You should look at this. Dude, hot fuzz, man. In terms of being horror and action and comedy, it's oh, it's, god. it's amazing. It is amazing, dude. You know, if you could have thrown the broken lizard guys in that movie with them, I would have. Oh, that would be a great mashup, man. That yeah. would be that would be um, the Super Troopers with Hot Foot. Like, Those guys together uh, working would do. Oh, especially after. Well, I'm not the biggest fan of Club Dread. No offense, anybody in the chat room. It's not one of my favorites that they've done. Other people like it, but maybe I don't know. Do you guys like Club Dread? I, I, I dig. I dig. I dig it. It's, it's not the okay, best, but it's, it's okay. not the best. Yeah, yeah, it's, best. it's all right. I almost forgot. I'm sitting here watching. I'm like, when we did our collect our our additions to our collection, I almost forgot. I got the shirt. Hey, there it is. Go. That's right, Pat. With Loomis. And Very I nice. think Pat, you agreed. If Loomis wasn't on the bottom, I don't know if I would have. I would have bought it. Yeah. Uh, that Loomis specific? is the nice touch. Oh, this is a good question by Blake. So okay, so I saw there's a rumor mill going. They're talking about doing a series or a direct sequel. I don't know. If that's true, but if it is true, he said he's gonna do a lot of work behind the scenes. But I don't know. I don't know, dude. That yeah. should become a show. I think if it became a show, yeah. I think that could be cool. I yeah. think give that a show. If he's, in, if he's involved, to be like an executive producer. I don't. I. I don't think he'll ever direct a movie again. I yeah. just because the way he is. Yeah, that's just my opinion. I I saw that too, and I was super excited because I love. Because you really don't know how it ends. You don't know you don't. who the thing was. Yeah. It was never identified. So I'd love to know where they pick up after it. Obviously, it's been shit 40 years. I believe, so I I'd believe be, they, be they, cool. they, they have chatted about it, right? John Carpenter and Kurt Russell have chatted yeah, about it. Yeah. Right? yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, well, yeah. well, they both they like said, like, guys, uh, we're a little long in the tooth. It's either now or never. Yeah. Well, remember, he's, uh, well, Kurt Russell is supposedly coming back as Snake Plissken, and I don't know if it's like a past grandfather thing or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> No offense to, to I mean, because believe me, he, he looks better than I do. No offense to him, but it's like, come on, you can't do. It. And I was never the biggest fan of uh, Escape from L.A. It didn't suck, but it wasn't my favorite. I mean, 
there's good parts of it, but that CGI stuff is kind of the CGI stuff. Exactly. The CGI really took me out of that film. Really. He's got a great cast in it though. though. You can't take away the people he got in that movie. Which we're doing, which is going to be our next segment guys. So hang out. Forgot our top five cast ensembles. That might be one of the next. I love that word ensemble. I put I put Kurt Russell in a in the upper echelon of actors who can kick ass at an older age. So I got oh yeah yeah. You got you got Harrison Ford. Um, I mean, just think about it. And then we just watched Yellowstone. Fucking Kevin Costner Costner is fucking killing it. He's doing running scenes and jumping over fences and doing shit. I'm like. Hey man, this is a different. They're like the LeBrons of the acting world. Obviously. You know who you could put that, in there too, Joe? Is Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson got older yeah. out of nowhere. Guys, and guys, guys some, got, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, bite your lip. That's a what? good topic because I was thinking of another person. So let's hold that topic. Who okay. is in that echelon of the old, older actors? Because the first person to the mind to me. Because we over the over the winter, I told you guys we just binge watched the ranch. I love Sam Elliott. Sam, he's another he's one. He's like, right up here, there. So Pat, let's put a button in it and save that son of a bitch. But Pat, <laughs> you could also we are, we could we are, we haven't even brought up women too. So you could put yeah. women in there too. Oh, we got we got like a man ver- a man episode and a, and a female and all that. Yeah, I we like can split them up or do them both. And hey, know. look at Blake Paul Rubens <laughs> <laughs> hanging out in the porn theater. Oh, Hamburger dude. See the girls in the wax museum, the dividend in wax. Oh, did you guys ever yeah. see him? Remember when he was uh, he was the hamburger dude in Nice Dreams with the uh, and yep. uh Cheetah Well, John. I told you guys, did I tell you guys that when we were um shit, we were camping uh was it last weekend we were camping Take care, Joseph. See you, bud. Later, Joseph. We were camping last weekend, and the wife felt it was it was the one night that was my me and my wife all by ourselves. Me and my wife thought we'd have a couple of drinks, we'd have a, a fun night, and we have two puppies, it's like oh, having two fucking kids. So yeah. Long story short, she falls asleep, and I'm like, you know what? I go, I have a, I have a thumb drive that I plug into the into the TV, and it's filled with movies. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna watch. I watched Up and Smoke. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> no worries. I'm just gonna watch <laughs> Up and Smoke. <laughs> Next morning, I woke up. I'm laughing. She, my wife's like, why are you laughing to yourself? I said, because I watched Up and Smoke last night. She's like, you did? I said, yeah. <laughs> and obviously, it's a different. It's different than a uh, nice dream because that's when Paul Rubens was in Nice Dreams. It was a hamburger dude. Remember, uh, ah. things are tough all over. My ah. uncle watched that one all the time when he lived with us for a bit. Oh, that was the best when when the, the Arab guy. When he says like, "Oh, I love the way you did my hair. I give you my head a piece." He's like, "No, that's okay. You don't give me my hair a piece. No, I give you my head a piece." Are we gonna I, talk my head in East I, LA? I don't. I don't need my head a piece anymore. I give you my head a piece. He's like, "No, that's okay. You don't have to." He was gonna give him his hair a piece because because he, he was bald. So I do it all the time tomorrow. I'm like, you want my head a piece? I give you my head a piece. That's too funny. Cheech, <laughs> Cheech had a good little small role in that uh, Champions with Woody Harrelson running the uh, the school where they practice. He's That's what that I got to watch. That's going to be on my list this week. I got to watch that. What is it streaming on? It was on the cock. Peacock. <laughs> I was like, poor me. I heard. I'm like, the cock? I, it's on the peacocking. Okay, sure. Oh, no. I'm what is it about good sex that makes me have to crap? Oh my goodness! It's Simon and Garfunkel and that's here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I forgot what we were doing. Okay, so actually, we're moving on to our next. Uh, oh, Travis, you're killing us there. Are you okay? I got you. I got you. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh yeah, we just well yeah. Save that. Save that thought. We'll be doing our uh, this is our top five for the week. Hang out, let's do it. Oh.
do our top our top five <laughs> cast ensembles. Now, this is one we've been talking about for weeks. We've talked about this for weeks because it's such a broad and this was not easy. And I admittedly did a crash course in this because I had a really busy weekend and I sat down this week. Uh, this morning I woke up, I'm like, fuck, I got all this shit ready for the podcast. And then I had to go to band practice. And when I go to band practice, it usually means I'm gonna be doing not only just playing my guitar, but also be doing shots with the bass player for like two hours. <laughs> so I'm like, I need to do it all now because there's no way in hell I'll do it when I come back. So this was uh tough. So I will start with my number five, going back to my youth of the 80s. Top five cast ensembles. Number five for me, The Outsiders. Damn. Oh, yeah. Good one, dude. You ain't fucking around, are you? Hey, Golden Pony Boy. Wow. That was a big movie when I was a kid, man. That was big. Wrote the, read, the book, I went to school, read the book in high school. Or school. Great school, we, right? we, we read the book. I've never seen Hinton, the film. Right? Is that the so movie? in that so let's think so you had who see Thomas Howell you had Emilio Estevez in there you had Matt Dillon Ralph Macchio Ralph Macchio um, sweep the leg the Estevez Sheen brothers <laughs> right? the, yeah the Sheen brothers I mean just amazing cast of uh, up and comers that just so that that when we talked about this I probably should have been higher but these other ones while I love that movie these probably it's you no know how when you look at something. At a specific time, certain things shift. Oh yeah. So this might move up a little bit further, but that was uh, one of the first ones that came to mind when I was a kid. That was just a big, big movie. Good one. Good one. Oh man. Uh, talk about yourself. Who who wants to go first? <laughs> I I'll go next. Uh, this one uh, just because of how funny it was, and I I really was happy with the casting and Tropic Thunder, man. Yeah. Oh, good one. Downey Jr., man. Yeah, man. You had Tom Cruise, Ben Stiller, uh, Jack mm -hmm. Black. Uh, man, you just the list is endless. Matthew McConaughey. Uh, you just go on and on. And that movie was so much fun and hilarious. Can't get away with doing that shit nowadays, but um I, I liked everything about that movie. The, the cast was top-notch, man. Fucking hilarious. Shout out to Blake. This this is one of my uh, fun movies to watch. I love JFK. Oh, a lot in there, wow. Oliver Stone. What a great movie. I mean, aside from just the cast ensemble itself, I just love the subject matter and the way he makes you think about the different conspiracy theories. Great fucking movie. Oh, Amazing. yeah. Good stuff. Well, Good I think um, I would, I don't know uh, if you guys, I'm sure we should all have a Quentin Tarantino movie, at least one in our top five. Oh, right? Absolutely. <laughs> My my number five is the newest one of his stuff. You don't? Wow. How about that, Pat? No, okay. The newest one of his bunch that he's made, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's become oh, one of my man. more favorite films. Uh, I, you're talking about Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, Emile Hirsch, uh, Timothy Oliphant's in it. Uh, Danielle man. Harris has a scene in it, which a lot of people forget. Bruce Stern, Dakota Fanning. D uh, Luke Perry's in it. That was his last thing, right? Al Pacino, Kurt Russell, amazing, Damian Lewis. The list just goes on in this thing. But uh, have you guys both seen it? Yes. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's I don't know. It, it might not be my favorite Tarantino movie, but it's got it might be up there as maybe number two at least. It's my mind I'll, always goes. I do have a Tarantino movie, but my mind always goes back to older movies when we do mm -hmm. shit like this. So that's that's the dynamic that I love because we're all. 
Oh, we, right. Oh, go back. To, we go with the different periods. So, like, when you're mentioning, I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't even think of that. Now I have to go back and revisit that. That's what's fun about this. Yeah, from yeah. current standpoint. And yeah, I, I, I just like, I guess with what happens in the movie, it, it kind of Quint Tarantino went a different direction of how that all went down, which I thought was, <laughs> I just thought it was just outstanding <laughs> the end of that film. The last, you, you just, if you need to just watch the last 25 minutes of the movie, if you understand what's happened, if you've been told what happened before that. Watch the last 25 minutes of the movie. Oh, man. A lot of fun. But yeah, that's my number five. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Very, very good. So my number four, albeit it's a a remake, but you can't deny the list of people that's in this fucking film. Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Yeah, I was going with it, Pat. I was toying with it. You could do the original or the remake. You could do you could do the original, you could do all you can you could do all three of Ocean's Eleven, Twelve, Thirteen, you could do all of them. But for me, the first one stands out as my favorite of the trilogy of the remake, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Just amazing, amazing cast in that freaking film. Absolutely and it goes amazing. with the sequels too. The, the That's what I'm saying. Ones... You could just keep going and we could we could just yeah. do a whole freaking thing on all three of them. It's like a trilogy. Amazing. Yeah, Travis. Yeah, yeah, Oliver Stone usually had great. He had a lot of good movies with cast. Even like Natural Born Killers has got a great cast. <sighs> oh yeah. Oh, sorry yeah. if uh, it's brought up. I didn't mean to. I was just going off his comment. Or did the Doors? It. Oh God, I love the Doors. Yeah. Whoo! List goes on. What you got? What say you, Joe? Kylie, man. So the list. I mean, it's hard to narrow it because it just depends on what's your cup of tea, right? Like, what do you want? In a yeah, movie. this is good because very it's, good. Different, it's a very yeah. good range here. I love this range. Like for me, it's another comedy and it's something that always stuck with me, like because of this line, Black Panther, you know, uh, and, and you'll get I, it. Anchorman. Oh, yeah. On Burgundy. I mean, you got Paul Rudd, oh, God, uh, Will Ferrell, Steve Carell. Uh, I mean, you just go off and just, you know, even Anchorman 2, 1 and 2, you can put them together. Fine. It's so funny. Y'all know the lines are they're all quotable. Uh yeah, I had to go with Anchorman, man. Just yeah. it was the best. They work so well together. They work so great. Wow. Yeah. Blake thrown in there is number four. The other one. Expensive. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't choose between which one. I if I had two. to do I would go two because of Chuck Norris, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Van Damme. Yeah. And Van Damme. Uh yeah. the third one, you've got Harrison Ford and Mel Gibson. God, that was hard. That's yeah. why I couldn't put. I don't. I don't have one of the expendable movies in my list. I would have if, if you're going to combine like a series like Ocean's Eleven, like you want to do a series of the best cast, that could be something off board next time too. But by far, yeah. Oh my. Uh, well, my next one is a top ten. Uh, it would be Heat from 1990. Oh, oh yes, absolutely. Uh, Heat absolutely. is yes. got probably one of the best action sequences ever outside in the street oh, from the yes. bank robbery. It's a Michael Mann film. Michael Mann's made some really good stuff. You know, we're talking Bajino, De Niro, Val Kilmer, John Voight, Tom Sizemore, rest of his soul, right? Uh, Diane Venora that plays, uh, isn't that uh, Pacino's wife in the movie, right? Amy yeah. Brenneman, Ashley Judd. God, the list. Ted Levine. Ted Levine's a great actor. Dennis Haysbert. William Fisher. Natalie Portman, a young Natalie Portman, right? Tom Noonan. Hank Azaria. God, the list goes on. Danny Trejo. Henry Rollins. But I'll go. That's about where I'll stop at that. But 
That's uh, and, the, and now they just came out with a prequel book. So I'm thinking about going to pick up that book if I. Well, I got plenty of other books to read. But... Aren't they? Aren't they planning to put that to film? Or am I? They wrong? are because Michael Mann's right. a part of it. Yeah. Yeah, because I thought I heard that. Yeah, I'd love to see that. That's yeah, and, and that movie. It's just. Just the atmosphere of the movie, the music, you know, Moby did a lot of the music. I don't know if you guys are big Moby fans. I like some of the stuff Moby's done. Mm, I could, I could give or take. Yeah. Give yeah. or take. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, Heat. Great film. Very, Amazing very before. cool. So my number three, because uh, there's a laundry list of mob films, and this is one that is near and dear to my heart and show my age again, because the people that are in this are very well known. And this is one of the ones that came off the top of my head. Shout out to the late, great Ray Liotta, but Goodfellas. Yeah. Oh. I toyed with this because it's one of, of my favorite course. movies, too. It's one of my favorite films. I had to put it on the list. One of my it favorite is. films. I mean, you got De Niro. You got, um, obviously, um, Liotta. Wow. I should have wrote the names down like you did. You, you were a little bit more. Uh, I've been, I just have them on the list as I was going through. Really I know quickly. all the people. I'm looking at all of them. And I can't, I'm just like, I know all their names, but I can't think of them off the top of my head. But You got uh, Samuel just, Jackson I'll, in a small scene in that. Samuel Jackson is in there. <laughs> too. Um, Amazing. Paul Sorvino, uh, right? Paul Sor- Thank you. Just throw their names out because I can't. I'm not Lorraine Bracco. Lorraine Bracco. I mean, just what a, a cast. I should have wrote it down like a, a jackass. What a cast, and everybody just blended together perfectly, and just it worked perfectly. Did you say Pesci? You said Pesci, right? I hope you said Pesci. Oh, yeah. Pesci. No, no, yeah, of oh, course. Yeah. So that is definitely uh, one of it's one of my favorite films. Yeah, I'm not a big mob movie guy. There's a few that I really, really love. It's probably about five mob movies that I just go back to and love. And that, and even if you don't love mob movies. That is just a fun movie to watch. Yeah, it really, really is. Especially it really, really is. Yeah, the, when he's uh, under a lot of pressure, he's driving around watching for he's, the helicopter. He keeps seeing the, keep the helicopter and he's flipping shit, sweating. Or how about the neighbor? Uh, right with the neighbor with the gun, he takes the gun, <laughs> yeah. and beats him in the fucking head with the gun. It's like he's holy like, shit! Again, I swear to God, you're dead. Oh, love it because he wasn't big at the time, but he got big with the Sopranos. Remember Michael Imperioli. Michael yeah, Pagliolli. Yeah, she does to him. Yeah. Why don't you go yeah, fuck yourself? <laughs> why don't you go fuck yourself? And he says, like, oh, what do I do? I'm a good shot. He's like, oh, what is the world coming to? <laughs> bam, 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 bam. Spider. Spider. Yeah. Two Martin Scorsese films Joe Pesci's in, right? Two of them. He's been in a few. He gets it like that really bad in that movie. He gets a bad in Casino in the Cornfields, remember? Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Love it. Don't beat my beautiful cousin up, right? <laughs> That was his brother. That was his brother. His brother. His brother. His brother. Yeah. I, Blake says, Unforgiven. Oh, God. Eastwood Hackman, Morgan Freeman. Classic. Absolutely. Classic. Classic, classic movie. Absolutely. Driver said, uh, So, kid, I want somebody to put my mailman's head in. <laughs> just like, uh, it's like, you delivered the mail to this fucking kid's one, this house one more time. I'm going to fucking kill you. Remember when he grabbed the friggin' mailman because he was delivering the notes? And, 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 the head, and the oven, your head will go. <laughs> Ooh, Travis, oh, Travis hits my next one. That's next on my list, but I'll wait after Joe. Get the fuck out of here. Is it? Oh, well, yep, it, was, uh, it has to do with Pat. That's why, too. <laughs> you son of a bitch. That's not that. All right, we'll get there. That's my number two, also. You son of a bitch. Yeah, see, that's a you, 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 you and you. I have probably yeah. totally you, 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 you,
All right, go ahead, Jojo. My number three is uh, Reservoir Dogs by Quentin. Oh, Tango. yes. yes. Um, I love Good it. Harvey Cartel, Michael Madsen, Tim Roth, Dee Buscemi, Chris Penn, Edward Bunker. Um, you name it. This this movie kind of – I remember watching it not knowing what it was and, and going back and watching it multiple times and loving that movie. Um, golly. Great ensemble class. And then they all went off and – Started more films and we're all great actors and they're all right. Oh, yes. What a great movie. Fucking Reservoir Dogs kicks ass, man. You know, Joe, you just made me think of a nice topic, and this is something we could talk about. There, that movie that's stuck in the middle with you, that song. We think mm-hmm. of a song that's very big in a movie. That is a big part of that movie. Absolutely. With the ear. That's Absolutely. a topic. Maybe I'm going to write that down. So if we can remember that, my, songs that are believe it or not, the, the band I used to play in back in my, back in the day, I played with uh, this band called Ashley's Past. I was in it for about 15 years, and I actually last weekend I shout to my buddy Tom, he, my drummer from the band. We're still like best friends. We don't play in the same band anymore, but we're still best friends. We started putting we put that in our set after that movie, and we played it for years. That's awesome, dude. Because of that movie. That's one of the craziest scenes, man. I fucking, oh, so good. Yeah, we played that for a long time because it was big at the time. <laughs> and it was just, oh, great, great movie. Wow. Good choice. Well, Pat, you and I can go together, I guess, on this. Uh, so we're both, uh, yeah, so, so Travis, shout it out there. To, I'll, 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 let me spotlight Travis there. Copland with Stallone is one of the movies that endlessly throwing stars on screen from start to finish. You're constantly going, he's in this too. And that's my number two. And apparently it's Brett's number two. Number three, Copland. Yeah. Oh, Cop, uh, yeah, number, number three for me, yeah, yeah, because you started, Pat. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. I apologize. That's my number two. That's she's number three. I apologize. Yeah, that's right because I went first. So we can combine the two, and um, I can go. I can gush about this movie forever because right. to me it's sentimental. Because these guys know I watched this being filmed. It was filmed in my hometown. I met De Niro. I met Pesci. Met Ray Liotta. It was just a amazing time in my life when this came out because mm-hmm. uh i was young it was actually right before i met my wife and uh just a lot around just the movie itself because the movie itself is a fun movie it's a good movie yes. to watch i mean uh, it's not action-packed it's a good it's a more of a higher-end drama i guess in a way it's yeah. not yeah and and you look beyond the people that are in it besides so you have pesci you have ray Liotta, you have de niro you have uh michelle moriarty is in there um Pesci, Pesci's not in uh, Copland. Not Pesci, rather. Um, Kaitel. You're thinking Kaitel. Kaitel. Thank you. I'm like, I, I equate them as the small guys. Right, the Kaitel, small guys. Because they're very <laughs> short. Kaitel and um, what the hell was the you guy? You got De Niro, that, Peter Berg, you know, from our Peter Berg. Game. Yes. Janine Garofalo. Janine Garofalo was, yeah, she was the, she was the other the, uh, cop with uh, Stallone. Rappaport. God, Annabelle Shiora. No Emmerich. That's right. That uh, rapper John Ford, Spencer. He was um. That was his hey. name when they threw him when when they said he felt he they threw him off the George Washington Bridge after he was leaving scores. Michael Rappaport. Yeah. What was his name in the though? Um, he was the boy. Uh, what's something boy. Something boy. Baby what was it? boy. Right. Help us out. It was like uh, I forget what the hell it was. It's been a while since I've watched it, but such a great movie. Such a great cast. And I've been talking over Brett. It's his turn, so I'll let you guys show. Mar- Mary Babbage is what they say in that, but he had a nickname. I, you know what? I, I don't know where you were guys were getting Entertainment Weeklies around this time. So they would like Entertainment Weekly in the '90s. That was a great magazine to see something that you're anticipating. Like they did a fall movie preview, winter, 
summer spring <laughs> movie previews and when I read about that movie, I'd, Stallone, I'm going to tell you, if there's a movie he probably could have gotten the work for, it could have been this one, too. He put on yes. a ton of weight. He's he very built, he, well acted in it. Yes, he was fantastic. And he should have got a He should have got a nod in that. And he's handy. He's kind of handicapped, right? He's deaf in one ear. <laughs> yeah. And I, it's a, it, I, I love the ending of the film, too, how that all goes down and just uh because you know he gets the one ear, they shoot out the one ear, so you could get right. here, get just the whole walk it up the street to get to Kaitel's house and taking them all down. It was great stuff. That's awesome. Superboy Travis, thank you. Superboy is what we were thinking of, Pat. Superboy, they called him Superboy. Superboy. Thank you. I, I've been watching it a while. It, it's it's I I own it on DVD. I have the special edition. It's just it's to me it's very uh, special for for a lot of reasons because it was um who was the director uh, Michael Mangold directed it. James Mangold who's just James Mangold, uh, yeah. a month a little less than a month away from his Indiana Jones first yeah, one so such a fun fun movie uh, this this is uh, I'm just I'm highlighting this. this is great recorded meatballs too today guys it's definitely not in the simulcast but just horrible oh, so so keep it so right Blake now. keep an eye out for um, I started that 70s movie review I just did the Warriors go check that out so next probably this week which is Friday I'll be dropping uh, my review of the first horror movie I saw was Don't Be Afraid of the Dark and when I did some research on it I, I learned where did Joe go Joe Joe, we lost Joe. I apologize. So when we Yo, do Joe. some, I did some review uh, research rather on the movie, and turns out because the movie is about the small creatures that come out of this fireplace, and the three creatures, which I had no idea, were actually went out to greater heights than you actually thought, and one of them played um, the alien in Meatballs too. Believe it or not, no kidding. Yes, <laughs> it played. <laughs> was it meat? Was it was it meathead? I think it was meathead. Meathead. So the one little creature in Don't Be Afraid of the Dark actually went on to one of them, and the other one went on to play uh, ET. Oh, no kidding! Out of this low budget TV horror film, because I'd never thought. I'm like, let me just try to research and get a little bit more backstory on this film, because uh, that's why I'm, I'm reviewing it. And I looked at the three. The, there's this three creatures in it, and one was one was. Uh, I wrote it down. Hold on. I'll, I'll spoil my own fucking review. Why not? What the hell? So, um, <laughs> Felix Silver was one of the small creatures. He played Cousin It in the original Adams Family. Mm-hmm. He played Tweaky on Buck Rogers. He played an Ewok, and, and he's the one that played Meathead, the alien from H, from uh, Meatballs mm-hmm. Two. How fucked up is that? You never would have thought of that. That is wild. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah, expect Meathead. that. Yeah. So I, I'll. I'll Later in the week, I'll I'll be dropping now. I'm, I'm trying to do a review once a week of that that shite. Joe's back in the true form. We were missing you. Are you being yep. struck by lightning? Yep. And Superboy Babbage, uh, thank you. Yeah, there's some storms outside, and it just just shut it out. Are you serious? Oh, I was yeah. just joking. No, seriously. Yeah, we had some. We've had some storms come in and out. Um, so they they just knocked out everything. Like my TV, everything just went off. Don't be afraid of the dark, Joe. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the dark. Damn it! Don't be afraid. But uh, did y'all give out y'all number two or one or? Uh, he I, was just... I, I did my two because my two was the same as Brett's number three. Number three okay. was Copland. So it's we're on my number two, right? Number two. Okay. Let's see. So my number two came in at it's gonna be Boogie Nights. 
So, oh, I forgot uh, about Boogie Nights. <laughs> Bastard. That's not, so, that's okay. <laughs> so, Boogie Nights. I my face and I didn't do it. Sorry. Anyways, go, Joe. Sorry. Let's see here. So, Boogie Nights, of course, the ensemble cast. We had Mark Wahlberg, Burt Reynolds, Julianne Moore, Heather Graham, John C. Riley, Don Cheeto, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and the list goes on and on and on and on. And that movie, for what it was, is we talk about it a lot, guys. We we actually, you know, I think we have One a lot of, of common favorites. That, you know, Louis, Louis Guzman, Thomas Jane. Uh, fuck, man, the fireworks scene, you know, that to me is... That, that's so iconic. You're like, I told you, man, we fucking come here and do something, man. We're gonna fucking do it. What you doing with me, man? We're gonna fucking live in here without that fucking money and that fucking dog. Fucking Night Ranger playing. And he fucking <laughs> goes in there and boo gets blown up. Like, come on, man. Like that movie in itself is just so good. Well acted, well written, well everything. Um, so and since of- on the screen we've re- we- we've uh, switched spots and Joe's at the bottom. I'm just I, I'm blowing my load. Joe just hit my number one, one of my favorite movies, Boogie Nights. That was it's it's one, one of mine, and I didn't have it on the list. I don't know. I guess it's not <laughs> one of my favorite movies. Number one, so oh, good for me. My taste. So, good. so oh, we got to go different now. Okay, yeah. So we just got to go counterclockwise now. I guess. So, <laughs> yeah. So, w- w- so you can, so my number one is Boogie Nights. That is uh, not not. So now Joe went, so bring it to me. So it's Boogie Nights because of the cast that Joe just list off. It's just, it's second to none. I mean, it it, it was, uh, shit, who the hell did, Le- Burt Reynolds was nominated that year. Did, did, he, did he lose to John Travolta? No, he because Travolta didn't win. Who did he lose to that year for, for Boogie Nights? I forget, because he was up for. Uh, I thought it was Robert Williams for Good Will Hunting. Well, it, yeah, was. it was. It was. Because he was up, and he, God, he fucking deserved it, because. He was fantastic. He was. It was great in that role. Uh, Julianne Moore was great, and to me, it was. No- <sighs> yeah, you can tell I got a buzz. I'm talking about this now. It's nostalgia for me because I grew up in the '80s, and we grew up in the '80s porn scene because we always used to get like videotapes. A kid I used to that I grew up with back in my hometown. His stepfather was originally from California, and 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 his friend in California worked for a distribution company so he used to send all these dirty tapes <laughs> oh wow <laughs> so whenever they came we were just like woohoo christmas morning we just watched all his shit so all the good it, stuff it just, it just took me back to that to that time albeit it, it was said in the late 70s before that but you but it, what's nice is it shows you how it's the, the, the scene transitioned from typical eight millimeter film to the VHS and then beyond and how Burt Reynolds as a director was fighting that because he was concerned with making a good film, not just yeah. porn. So I just love that film. It's such a fun, fun movie to watch. And it was just, I could gush about that movie all day long. So I that don't was take my, off my skates. That was uh, it's just like, you don't take off your skates. I don't take my skates off. Are we going to fuck? Oh yeah. <laughs> I think we talked about that's easily one of my favorite soundtracks too, especially for movies. Yes. Two volumes, two volumes, two volumes. Oh, yeah. That soundtrack is second to none. That that is probably tied for my favorite movie soundtrack with Days and Confused. Damn, which has two versions too. Oh, rocks. <laughs> All right, buddy. Okay, so I got to go. What number two here? Number two. I don't know. It might be one of your guys. Oh no, you. That was your number one. You said. Number two is probably one that's uh, pretty common for a lot of people, and it is Pulp Fiction. There's no doubt about it. Pulp Fiction's a 
Oh, yeah. Classic in itself. Uh, what are we talking? Jo- Travolta, Uma Thurman, Samuel Jackson, Bruce, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Amanda Plummer, Tim Roth. Uh, Harvey uh, Keitel as the Frank wolf. Frank Wiley, Harvey Keitel, Ving Rhames. That's right. <laughs> Ving Rames, bring out the gimp. <laughs> <laughs> bring, <laughs> Rosanna Arquette in. By far one of my favorite moments we've talked about in the film, Eric Stoltz. Get the yeah. shot. <laughs> Get the shot. He's like, What do you need your blue little medical book for? <laughs> what are you looking for? Just gotta stab her in the heart. <laughs> yeah, stab her, you gotta stab her three times. No, you gotta fucking stab her. Just get it to what you can get it to her. Breast I bump. forgot Steve Yusemi's buddy Holly, too. Oh, yeah, man. yeah, that's right. But I, that movie, I, I think at first, I didn't like it at first. It grew on me. And I, I just had to watch it a handful of times to really get it and it's yeah it's become a, a I fucking love it yes i love it that whole Perfection car scene number two the whole car scene where he blows the guy's head off and they, they shot him off in the face and they went and the, the part where they're in the in the garage cleaning it yep okay that to me is comedic gold he's like in fact what the fuck am i doing in the back he's like we're fucking switching he's like you're picking up his head and i'm cleaning the windows He's like, I love my that. favorite part. Accidental deaths. That's remember yeah. we were going to talk about doing that. Remember? When Travolta's getting pissed, he's like, "Well, you could have said, please." He's like, "Please, pretty please with sugar on top. Just clean the fucking car." <laughs> yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's like, I apologize if I'm curt with you because time or something. And he's like, it's <laughs> he's, he's like, he's like, if self preservation is what you need, then please, pretty please with a fucking cherry on top, clean the fucking car. <laughs> you know uh, he's, sitting, he's sitting there talking to um, uh, Tarantino. He's just yeah. like, well, he's like, they're running, these are the sheets I got from my wedding. He's like, well, you know what? It, I got them from my Uncle Ben or whatever. He's like, well, is Uncle Ben a millionaire? Well, your Uncle Marcellus Wallace is. Oh, yeah, Aunt Ginny. Right. Aunt he's, Ginny. Just handing, yeah. he's, just, he's just handing all this money to him. Yep. <laughs> he's like, he would like to furnish you with an entire bedroom set. <laughs> oh, God, what a movie. Awesome, dude. Unbelievable movie. And that's the movie that kicked him, that, that kicked him right off the freaking Halloween 6 uh, train. It is awesome. Oh my gosh! Well, you think yeah, Pulp Fiction too? Travolta was kind of on the downslide, and that movie brought him back. And then oh, that movie really put him downslide, and then he came back. <laughs> that so that really reinvigorated up. every the, all their careers yeah. and put them in the stratosphere. Yeah. After that, For real. For I sure. I, I was just thinking, accidental deaths. We should watch the Final Destination movies and watch alongs, and then we can rank our favorite deaths of the whole series. Hey, <laughs> I, I love that. My mind. <laughs> We watch those just those movies are so fun because of the creative ways that people die. I love the, the, the franchise. So good. The beginning of that third one with the car on the street yeah. uh, road stuff. Woo! Uh-huh. Good stuff. Or is that two? That's two. That's two. Oh, you talking about the, the, the car scene where the, the, the logs and all that shit? Yeah. Oh, that's the best. Oh it's true. Geez, Eric Stoltz was kind of uh they did him a favor by throwing him in Pulp Fiction because he had kind of fallen off the map. Well, he got obviously he got let go halfway through or two thirds of the way of Back to the Future. Uh, Back to the Future, he was there. He <laughs> was supposed to be Mar- he was Marty McFly. And, and then they shit came them. He fucked that. So up. that that's our top five mask. best ensembles. <laughs> yeah, he was masked. Oh, Rocky Dennis. I got one more. I got one more. Oh, we got my number oh, we one. Got number ones. Yeah. Oh, we I apologize. Yeah, that, that was us gushing. What, yeah, what was your number ones? I apologize. Joke. Okay. You go, load. All right. So my number one. It's there was so many great movies out there that I could have picked, but this movie to me. Because I'm a sports guy and you know all that stuff too, like movies. I love like Hoosiers and all that shit. Any given Sunday. That's what I was thinking. All right. Any given Sunday, you got Al Pacino, 
Oliver Stone, Jamie Foxx, Cameron Diaz, Dennis Quaid, James Woods, Lawrence Taylor, LL Cool J, Jim Brown, rest in peace, recently just passed away, uh, Elizabeth Berkeley, uh, Andrew Bernarski, who played Leatherface, and Margaret from Grumpy Old Men, Lauren Holly, Matthew Modine, Aaron Eckhart, Bill Bellamy, you keep going, John C. McGinley from Platoon. Uh, the list is endless, and the movie was badass. You know, you gotta give it your all, and I can't do my Pacino impression, but man, <laughs> any given Sunday, great movie. What, damn it. Wasn't James Woods the uh, doc team doctor, right? Yes, he was. And the backup quarterback at church. What did he do? Fall off the bench? <laughs> what did he do? He's like Cherubini's hurt. What? What did he do? Fall off the bench? Oh, I fucking love that guy. He's a dirtbag in that movie, by the way. Oh yeah, he plays dirt it pretty bag. well. <laughs> oh yeah, he's a dirtbag in Casino too. I gotta watch it. it a given Sunday again. I, I liked it a lot when it came out, but it's I think I've only seen it like twice. Yeah, it's been a, I've been seen it a long time. I think I only seen it once or twice. Good That's movie. another Oliver Stone film. Oliver Stone, yeah. I tell you, man. Yeah, Oliver it Stone kills. is right there, man. He gets some good casts. Well, when we were talking about this, uh doing this topic, mine has always been the same number one, and it's true romance. There's no doubt about it. Whoa, true romance is still. This list, we'll just go really quick here because it's written by <laughs> Tarantino here. Let's start out here. Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette, Dennis Hopper, Val Kilmer, Gary Oldman, Brad Pitt, Christopher Walken, Bronson Pinchot, Samuel Jackson, Michael Rappaport. Wow. Uh, what do we got? James Gandolfini. Wow. Chris Penn, Tom Sizemore. Bronson P- Pinoch, Pinchot. <laughs> can I get everybody there? Don't be, well? don't be, hey, can I get something? Like, don't be stupid. <laughs> Well, you got you want the Halloween connection to Ron Chintinchar. You know what he read, right? What did he do? He was the um, if you do the audio book for I think it's Halloween Kills. He he's the he's the guy that narrates it. No kidding. Yeah, I think I it's either kills or ends. It's not twenty eight. Sage, Sage. Yeah, he 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 does audio. He that's what he does. He does audio books now. Sorry. It's, it's either kills stupid. or ends, and I'm pretty. sure it is killed. One second. That's right. <laughs> With the lemon twist. ridiculous. <laughs> but I gotta tell you, I I haven't seen like I think Tarantino did an alternate cut of it because you know the studio had, well, he didn't direct it, he just wrote it. But he has his own angle. Yes. It's, so if you guys when we when we got when we do the Halloween mo- movie book club of Halloween Kills, mm-hmm. Bronson Pinchot is the narrator because I just looked up it. I and it was one of the two. <laughs> Is it, it was, on the book cover? Twenty eighteen is a woman, so it's a woman. I know that. So twenty twenty uh, Halloween kills is Bronson Pinchot. I forget who does kills, but it's that's funny. important. How the hell did you hire to do that? Just because of his voice? I guess so. Yeah. So the perfect strangers guy. <laughs> perfect, the perfect strangers guy. That's him. He does audio books now, and you it's would never know by the voice. Guy. When he said, you know, I, remember, I remember hearing it and it says that Halloween Kills by um, Tim Wagoner, uh, read by Bronson Pinchot. I'm like, Bronson Pinchot. They should have given our guy a chance for like, our I'm other. Balky? Balky? Yeah. And I looked at him like, holy fuck, it's him. You know what movies fucking scared the shit out of me from, on TV was the Langoliers. Remember that? He was in mm-hmm. the Langoliers. You remember oh, watching really? that? Those fucking, those creatures that, oh, oh, oh. Oh, and they would come eat the, the planet or whatever. Fucking creepy, man. Well, do you oh. remember in True Romance where all the cocaine shoots up at his face at the girl in the car? Travis is going back. The one morning who dies trying to burn a cross on Bubba's lawn always makes him laugh. 
Oh God, of course. Oh yeah, he's in Risky Business too. That's what an interesting cast too. Risky so business. what's an uh, what's an anticipated movie that had a completely stacked cast but was a complete disaster in your mind? Independence Day. So I, yeah, I know a terrible sequel, Travis. Yeah, I know one, and honestly, it goes back to my youth. So when I was a kid, we couldn't wait to see the Sgt. Pepper's movie. Oh, really? And that was the biggest bomb. He had, he had, he had, um, Aerosmith in there. He had Peter Frampton. You had the Bee Gees. You had George Burns. You had Steve Martin. You had all these heavy hitters at the time. And that movie was the biggest <laughs> of all time. I'm trying to think. So, oh, think you know, one? you fucking know. I got one. Movie 43. Have you ever heard or seen of movie 43? Oh, that's what that, that it's that comedy with all the raunchy stuff, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's it's wild. That ensemble. That wild shit. There's so many actors and actresses in that, but it's trash. It is it's... garbage. Garbage. I thought the thin red. Hold line on one second. My daughter's tech. I'll be right back. You remember that? Was, I shouldn't say the, some of the war movies, you got to respect them, but thin red line was dull. Oh, I thin don't red like line. it. Yeah. Then rent, well, actually, it was a you know what movie had a great cast, what was great was uh with uh Mel Gibson. Uh, we were soldiers, we yes, that good movie. movie, good movie, that movie. Fuck. Good morning, Sergeant Major. And he's like, How do you know what kind of good, how do you know what kind of morning it is, or some shit? I was like, Oh my gosh, Sam Elliott. I, we gotta we gotta ask uh Pat when he gets back because he's older than you and I. I bet you I thought he would say it's a mad, 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 mad world because. That movie was big for its time when it came out with everybody yeah. in it. So, absolutely, man. Oh, by the way, the Heat won Game Two, tied now, huh? Yeah, one one. Yeah, that's why I had the TV on. I was like, "Fuck, I got to keep up with the score, man. It's driving me crazy." I, my brother had to remind me today that Murray. This was a big thing with him because he blew out his knee and he was out. Right? Yeah, he's just coming season. back. Hey, he's kicking ass though. He so almost. This, um, he almost, this has been anticipating for this team to be good. Oh, dude, absolutely. Um, they just, I don't know, man. Like, they can be a force to be reckoned with for years if they can stay healthy. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, what's his name? Big fella's too good, man. Uh, Jokic, he's just, he's too dominant, bro, not to win. Nobody talks about, you know, that's where the Bulls president came from. He drafted yeah. those guys and they left to come here and be run the Bulls. So, wow. I don't know what he's doing here yet, but. <laughs> dude. Sorry, but my daughter was calling me for something. Then I'm like, well, perfect time, perfect opportunity to piss. You know, Pat, you I, I just brought up to Joe, I was thinking because you, you probably remembered a bit more since uh, of the, the age. I don't mean to say it like that, but it's true. <laughs> I'm old. I, I accept it. I'm old. A week from this Friday, I will be getting a colonoscopy, so I'm old. Oh, very nice. Yeah. How about It's a Mad, 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 Mad World? That was a big oh, deal that, and that came out, it was, right? It was a fun movie, too. Because of all the people in cast. it, too, right? Yeah. yeah, that was a huge cast. Yeah. Bronson did the narrative of Kills, yes, and gave the best performance of that bunch of books. He did, and you had no idea that was him because he did not. It's not like he was reading it like Balky. Like, don't be ridiculous. Do you, do you think our buddy that did Evil dies books? here tonight. He, he just had a totally different. You would, when I, I actually had to Google it because when it said Bronson Pinchot, like Bronson Pinchot. Evil dies tonight with the lemon twist. <laughs> so I looked it up and I said, Don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. No, I cannot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Genesis suck balls. 
Tell the doctor only two fingers now. They, they knocked me out, thankfully. I did tell the doctor. I said, look, I said, while you're in there, if you see an, an Indian head nickel from 1976, it's mine. I swallowed it when I was like four. So if you find it, I want it back. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he just looked at me and was like, he's like, you're messed up. I said, he's like, and it's funny. It's my, it's my wife's doctor. Today. He's, like, he's like, my wife warned me about you. I said, I'm just letting you know. If you find anything in there, you know, 10% goes to the house. Don't be stupid. <laughs> Don't be stupid. Hey, you know, how about you? Nobody, I was thinking, you know what could be an honorable mention from Dust Till Dawn? That's a good cast. That yeah. was on my short list. That was on absolutely. my short list. Yeah, because it's one of my favorite films. That was on my short list. Yep, Don't absolutely. Don't be stupid. <laughs> Don't be stupid. <laughs> I'm stuck in my head now. Oh. I'm going to be going upstairs telling my kids, Don't be stupid. <laughs> Don't be Love stupid. Why are you talking like that? <laughs> So, what we only thing we have left to do because we're doing a marathon tonight, boys, is we have our collectible spotlight. Did you guys send me a spotlight? I don't remember. Oh shit! Uh, I am so sorry. If you didn't, all right. So let's do this. I will show mine while you guys go grab something. Yeah, excuse me while I whip this out. I'll go whip something out. All right, let me go look. All right, so let's do a click collectible spotlight. If I. Yes, uh, Travis, I've not yet had one done. This is my first one, and I'm understood that the, the, the prep is a thousand times worse than the actual procedure. So, not looking forward to it, but you know what? I'm 51. I should have did it last year. I'm just doing it as preventative. So, I'm trying to be responsible. And uh, so, this week, I... Um, I, I I had a real busy weekend, so I thought I'd throw up uh, some nice tits up there and show uh, my Italian Halloween 6 pro- uh, theater poster. Oh, look at that. that now, is this awesome. is one of the coolest Halloween posters ever, because when are you going to see a, a girl with nice tits uh, on a poster? You've seen them in the movies, of course. But this is uh, this is an original Italian one-sheet poster. Now, mind you, the Italian posters are usually enormous. So the one I showed earlier as my new acquirer, which was Halloween 3, was 41 by 60, I believe. Wow. And this is a, this this one is about a 35 by 45. It's just their posters are enormous. Some of them come in two pieces. So the original Halloween posters are actually two pieces you put together. They're not one sheet because they're that big. That's crazy. That poster yeah. is so wild, dude. Yeah, I thought I'd throw it up there just to, to show some tits. Tits. That's great. Don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. <laughs> don't, don't be stupid. Oh, my God. Oh, Pat, find that clip now. You got to add it to it now. <laughs> I'm writing it down right now. I'm writing it down right now. It will be on our next You remember uh, where it's at, right, Pat? Of course. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. If it's, if it's too much trouble, don't be stupid. <laughs> oh, God. Did Joe go? I found something wild. So that is my... I, I don't have any pictures, so you guys show what you got. All right. Cool. 
So I'll go, I guess. So I just grabbed a pop. So I love this because it's neon color. So it's a Chucky and Tiffany combo. That's awesome. Look at that. That's a Hot Topic exclusive. Look at that's, that. Is that hard to get or is it still? You think? Yeah. Still- yeah, they still, they had them at Hot Topic, but they're gone now. So oh. reselling it, they're probably doubled in price now. Bastards. <laughs> but, hey, but speaking of boobies, I love me some Jennifer Tilly. Woo! Oh, I love Jennifer oh. Tilly. Oh. I'm actually more partial to her sister because I'm a big fan of uh, Psycho 2. Oh, nice. Nice. I love her from uh, Liar Liar. Oh, mm. blonde hair, Jennifer Tilly. Mm. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Mm. Oh, you ready to go out of left field with something? Something you wouldn't expect? They say special kind of stuck. Yeah, you know, because t- honestly, it's so. Have you either of you guys have been to Italy? No, no, I can't wait to go though. I've been, only been to Italy once. I was in Rome. I was actually I was in Tuscany, and then I was in Rome. And the fa- and people are like I can't believe they had that poster. There. I'm like, oh, believe me, they show tits and ass on everything. Like when you go to the stores, um, I remember we there was like bottles of that um limoncello. Oh yeah, shaped, yes. as, shaped shaped as a dick. Oh nice. Can, so they're very, they're very. I gotta get me one. Yep, of they're they're very liberal with the booze. <laughs> very they're liberal. Very liberal. So if yeah. any of our Italian friends out there, I've been there and I understand it. And I'm like, he's all there. <laughs> Pat's in heaven over there. <laughs> yeah. Big I'm time, all for big it. time in heaven. Yeah, so that's why. I can't believe they had that poster. I'm like, well, I've been to Italy and it was uh, oh, this most shocking thing you're going to see there. <laughs> okay, you ready for this? See that? Oh, Cheers. But, but it's signed by George Went. It says no. Oh, <laughs> I want that. Get out. Seriously? That is funny. I found it. I got the, uh, I got it myself. Authenticated and everything. He said, he's like, yeah, I haven't signed one of these in a bit. I'm like, cool. Oh, that, so that is funny. I figured that's a good left field thing to show you guys. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, we were just out. Like the story I told you, we were we went to pick up Terrence's car, and uh, we were talking about movies. I think Terrence even mentioned my son mentioned it. He's like, "Oh, all, all, all my dad does at night after dinner. I just see him watching reruns of, of Cheers. <laughs> it's like dude, I watch it, Cheers every night." I yeah, I've had since it ended. I've watched the whole series twice, which that's a lot to watch. Oh, there's a lot. It yeah, time twice, and uh, it still holds up. It. It's, it's so so, oh, so much fun to watch. I love it. We I watch it all the time. This channel, this channel on Pluto, it's called uh, Classic Sitcoms. It's either it's Cheers and Frasier. They just show them all the time. Yeah, it, it, Ted Danson. I know he's done other stuff. He'll he'll always be just Sam Malone, though. I just he was good. Oh, if you watch the TV, he was good in that TV show. Becker. Becker was a lot of fun. Becker was. I heard he's good in that Fargo show they did too. So I haven't. Seen I didn't him. see him in that, but the Be- the Becker show was a lot of fun. He was really good in that. And that, and, that, and that had Shawnee Smith in it too from Saw. Oh yeah, coach. But coach, come on, coach is hilarious. Just being the silly, dumb. Oh, old oh dude. yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It was Woody came out. Woody was fine, just not the same. Woody was great, but like the thing that, like when I watch the old episodes now with Woody, I'm like, I cannot believe this guy was nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> right? It's kind of like just I, floored that, I mean, and it's not a knock on him because he didn't suck. He was good at what he did, but it's the people you least expect that would that'll just right. skyrocket, and he skyrocketed yeah. out of that show. It, I can't, I don't want to compare. I guess I can compare it, like. It's like when uh, David Garrison left Married with Children, Steve, you know, and they brought yeah. in Ted McKinley as Jefferson. 
you know, just to me, it wasn't the same, but he's fine. But David Garrison, fine. when he left and he did that show with, um, didn't he go uh, to with, stage? I thought he went just, uh, no, he did that show with, um, or maybe I'm wrong. I'm, time frame might be off. He left and did that show, uh, it's your move with, um, Jason Bateman. Oh, I gotta go back. And there was a TV show yeah. called "It's Your Move," and it was him and Jason Bateman. And I'm forgetting if it was either before Married Children or he left to do it during Married Children. But and that was a really good show. It was like a young Jason Bateman. It was your move because they were like butting each other's head. They were like trying to get over on each other. Look up "It's Your Move." It was Jason Bateman and him. Hold on a sec. Something just fell. This is weird. Uh oh. The Rockies coming to life. Yo, okay. cut me, Mick. Cut me. Oh Jesus. Okay. Well, I'll put it back up later. I might as well add a second thing tonight. You guys will laugh at this one. That's Polly signed by Burt Young way back when. Oh, that's nice. Badass. That is really nice as hell. Yeah. That's cool, dude. Yeah, he just fell down. Thank God he landed on a yoga how, wall. How good was he in Back uh, to the Future? I. No, I when I get I don't get mad. When I get mad. He, he gets mad. <laughs> he that. crushes, and I love when he's standing there with the sign Springsteen. <laughs> Back to school, so good. Oh, yeah, God. that that will be on our comedy watch along at some point. Oh hell yeah! So oh, yeah. It's, at, it's at the time of the night when it's time for our shameless plugs for our shows. So this Tuesday we will be watching Halloween Kills. That's live watch along. Nice. Evil will die on Tuesday, maybe, maybe not. So we'll be that'll be on uh, Tuesday night. Taco Tuesday. uh, Nine Uh Eastern, eight Central. We'll be watching Halloween Kills. (laughs) Uh, This is this 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 will be my next watch. This my next uh, seventies movie review, which will be coming out this week. First horror movie I ever saw. Don't be afraid of the dark. And that is that. Yes, that is a young Kim Darby from Halloween Six. Awesome. Oh, that was after uh, the John uh, or the John Wayne movie, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she was. She was in True Grit. Yep. Uh, next week, not this week. Halloween. I'm only mentioning because I want everybody to do their homework. Make sure you read chapters five through nine for the Halloween Three Movie Book Club, which will be next Wednesday. And uh, it's going to get very interesting. There's a lot of cool differences in this movie from the from this book, rather to the movie. So just come hang out. This time it's personal. Very nice. This, this time, time it's personal. Don't be stupid. Don't don't be stupid. <laughs> Do your homework. Don't be stupid. <laughs> knock them down. Try knocking me down. Oh my god. Oh, total Mickey. Yes. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Uh, what what else? Did I I don't even remember what I put on here. Oh, and go be sure to go check out Joe's channel, Joe Moody's Mind, the Texas Frightmare Weekend, which we were talking about. We, I actually put it on this thumbnail tonight to go down that rabbit hole, which we had no time for. So best thing to do is go check out Joe's channel, Moody's Mind. He had three updates live while he was in Houston. So go check them yeah. out. I, d- I don't have the link to his channel on here right now, but it's in the link to this video is there. So go check it out. And Thanks, buddy. Him. It's it's him and both his uh, beautiful wife to be and be. So go check it out. Uh, we didn't have time to get to it tonight, so be sure to go check him out. And uh, it's fun stuff. Good I, stuff. Yeah, Very that nice. What we have that is all the shameless plugs. You guys, have anything else going on? 
Nah, I gotta get some Z's. Got another lovely work week coming up. Uh, so we just gotta, you know, I had a blast, man. Thank you guys again. Had a good time tonight. This was great. Shout out to Dustin McNeil, way back in the beginning of this podcast, who was yes. absolutely amazing. Answered all our questions. He was, it was so much fun talking to him. Yeah. It's great that we finally got a hold of him, and he seemed like he'd be happy to come back on. And maybe in the future, we will have him on again for another. Uh, podcast because that that was a lot of fun i was looking forward to talking to him because those books are just out of this yeah, world if you, I, if you have not read take a shape one or two and you're a halloween fan you'd be ashamed of yourself go on audible and listen to them yeah pat and we get them so crazy we get them back on I'll, I'll go back and listen to see if there's i'll bring up some other questions with you off here and think if, when he's back on next time let's uh think of some other stuff too yeah, and I made sure to bring up his other books. He did. He does. He did do a book on Chucky and Phantasm, yeah. and some other stuff. I uh, it just some great stuff. I barely noticed on my last rewatch of Kills that Willie the Kids mentioned on the radio when Tivoli steals the car. Yes, yeah, he is. I mm -hmm. I did realize that. Yes, and uh, we'll be getting there to next week. Great if you guys see you on the Kills. Awesome, Travis. You Travis is the best. Travis, Thanks, is a big supporter. Travis, yes. Love having you here, man. I love that you come out, hang out. And we will see you on Tuesday night for um, Halloween Kills. There was no Stefan in the house. Stefan's been another one. Too. Oh, no Stefan. Stefan usually hangs out on Tuesday night, so I'm sure he'll be there for Evil Dies tonight. So. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just being <laughs> stupid. Don't be stupid. It's all in the reflexes. <laughs> so... Um, you guys hanging out before so we can say a proper goodbye or you guys jumping right off. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go check on MB and get some Z's, guys. My, my yeah, medicine kicking in. You, you I catch up with uh, Pat if you want for a minute. So cool. So love you guys, and I will see you guys on the, there. There's no top five for tomorrow. Usually we drop we drop a top five from the previous week. Since we didn't do one because we did a hollow we did the trivia, there'll be no no droppage, no droppage of uh <laughs> anything tomorrow. So We'll pick back up and move forward. So I just want to make mention of that if anybody's interested. <laughs> Remember, don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. Don't, don't be, be stupid. stupid. So no problem. Okay. Don't be stupid. Oh, Ryan's still left with us. Hey, what's up, Ryan? Peace, homies. Ryan. Peace, Ryan. Great, another contributor, Ryan. Another thank good, you. another good, Travis. Thank you, big guy. I, you guys are the best. Make sure to join us on Tuesday because Tuesday we'll be back, and we've been watching Halloween Kills because evil will die on Tuesday night, and we'll all be stupid, and we'll all be extremely. <laughs> believe me, we're watching that movie. I gotta we'll let it go. Stupid. I'm sorry, Joe. <laughs> it's all good. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll all be stupid. So, good night, everybody. Stop now. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. chat with Brett. Joe, love you, brother. I'll talk to you. Love you guys. See you later. Bye. 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 Bye.